today's date is April 28th, 2018, the day after the premiere of Avengers Infinity War, the culmination of 10 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe, plus the original Hulk movie, but, you know, kind of, kind of. Yeah. Holy shit, it's here. (laughs) So welcome to another Hit the Books review. Obviously, this one is Avengers Infinity War. Obviously. We are fresh out of the theater with some things to fill our stomachs. A little bit of snackage. To uh, ensure that we are in optimal form to discuss this movie. Oh, yes. For those of you unfamiliar with the format of our Hit the Books reviews, um, we start with spoiler-free discussion and uh, our impressions and give you a spoiler-free rating of thumbs up approved thumbs in the middle meh or thumbs down no don't see it uh or something along those lines this one right. even if it was bad not saying it is or isn't uh you would still pretty much have to see it because that's how the marvel universe works it's literally the cinematic event of the decade maybe even of the century it definitely it is it is huge um Oh man. I can't wait to hop into this. I'm going <laughs> we're going to have to restrain ourselves really really hard to make sure we don't spoil anything for the audience because there are spoilers, okay? I'm going to say from the get-go, if you are watching or listening to this review and have not seen the movie, you've probably waited too long. See this movie. See this movie immediately, <laughs> okay? There were people spoiling things walking out of the theater with us for the people that were going in after us. I mean, people can't help but talk about this movie. Before you go any further, um, remember, we will give you an explicit spoiler warning when we start getting into spoilers. If we happen to accidentally say something, I'm going to do my best to make sure I cut it out of the video and the podcast. Um, Just a reminder... This is going to be available on YouTube, on Stitcher, and on iTunes for now, potentially SoundCloud in the near future. Um, once again, you can always reach us at HTBVids on Twitter, forward slash hit the books on Facebook if you have any questions or anything for us. Uh, check out our website, htbvids.com. Uh, please consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. We're on patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Um, and all of the stuff you can find on our webpage, htbvids.com. I'm still just washed over with emotion from the movie. There's a lot that happened. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> so please consider supporting us on Patreon is the only way we get any kind of income whatsoever for the show. And we are very much in the red <laughs> because this is our passion project and we love talking about comic books. Yes. Um, for those unfamiliar, we have a weekly comic book podcast that comes out typically every Wednesday. Sometimes we miss by a day or two because of uh, technological problems like this past week. But usually we're on point. Uh, episode 32 will premiere right after this review. So uh, be sure to check that out if you have any interest in, in the comic book podcast. And I suggest you do because it's pretty fun. Um, Oh, yeah. All right. Again, spoiler-free. At this point, we will give you an explicit warning. Emery, what would you think of the movie? This is definitely a must-see movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. This movie did not at all feel like it was two and a half hours. No, not at all. I was surprised. It didn't feel like it was running long at any point. And when it ended, 
I was very surprised where it ended because I felt like we hadn't hit that two and a half hour mark at all. It felt like there was going to be more movie, but at the same time, it felt like knowing that this is a two-parter, a perfect way to end the story in a way that was bold. Very bold. <laughs> if, if nothing else, I will say that this movie has balls. <laughs> Big, hefty, meaty balls. And there are middle fingers thrown to every single type of Marvel fan in that theater, including me, including Emery. There is something that throws a middle finger in your face, both literally and figuratively, in this movie. (laughs) Spoilers. And not in a bad way. Uh, Yeah, this movie manages to not only care deeply about everything that it's built up, but also manages to... It manages to take risks that I thought, one, they had no business taking. Two, didn't think that they had balls big enough to take. No. And three, took risks in exactly the way that I think this movie needed to. Yeah. Uh just so that everyone can understand that like, we are not messing around. No, man. Not even a little I, bit. I was extremely impressed. And I mean, we've talked about this leading up to the movie and in our other reviews, like the Black Panther review and the Thor Ragnarok review and Spider-Man. Like, I was getting a little fatigued. Yeah. And quite honestly, I didn't have high expectations for this movie because I feel like it's just hit or miss with the more recent Marvel movies for me. Yeah. I guess across the board, it's probably the same based on our... Uh, uh, basically MCU and review segment of the podcast last week where we talked about all the movies leading up to this. It's a really long, meaty podcast, so please check it out. We worked really hard on it. <laughs> I edited that that clip down to two hours and 50 minutes, and like it, it was originally over four and a half hours of us talking about all the Marvel movies <laughs> up to that point, and it, it took me about 16 hours worth of editing and plus rendering and everything else. So please, please check out episode 31 if... Uh, you would feel so generous and uh, want to have a quick review. Well, I shouldn't say quick, about a two-hour review of all the movies up to this point so you're up to date yes. and ready to go. Yeah, a, a two-hour movie, not a two-hour movie, a two-hour review of 17 movies, which are at least each of them two hours. Yeah, so uh, please check that out. <laughs> I would be extremely grateful, and it would make me feel a lot better about spending that much time on it. But... um. I it it both fulfilled my expectations and and exceeded them in ways that I did not expect them to have the balls <laughs> and the intestinal fortitude to do. I mean, they not only do they throw the middle fingers in your face, they literally troll the audience <laughs> with the way that they do things and oh, and, and, and certain yeah. things that they do. Um I mean, there is there is so much that I dug about this movie. Now, that's not to say that this movie is flawless. Not as, at all. As you would expect from any movie that has this many characters and this much you know, canon to put together, piece together. There are other movies in the Marvel Universe that we thought were going to matter greatly to this movie. But I don't think in the end, I think the movie basically said, nah, you don't have to worry about that. We're going to do things our way, and it in a better way, I think. I think it serves the movie well. Um, but like I said, the movie's not perfect. There's a few like kind of logical, like, 
leaps choices that yeah. they make that you could say you know well why didn't they just do this obvious solution that would solve everything right there you know there's a handful of that going on but again big goofy superhero movie but in this case just so great and epic and wonderful um it does have kind of the the disney winking at itself jokes with the audience type thing where sometimes there's just maybe a tad too much like forced humor but I think unlike movies like Thor Ragnarok and Galaxies of the or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think this movie succeeds in getting the audience to laugh instead of laughing at itself, um, which I think those movies did and this movie did not. It definitely approached humor in the right way, mm-hmm. I think, uh, as opposed to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where I laughed a lot. But I think for all of the wrong reasons. Also, I kind of did the same thing with Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I laughed Absolutely. a lot. Both of us did. But yeah. all for the wrong reasons. This movie was not like that. No, like um, this was like genuinely funny. I do think that there was... Again, this will be in the spoiler section. I won't spoil anything for you here. But there are specific parts of the movie where I feel like the jokes were a little too close to the moments that had weight. Um, there's there's just a handful of scenes where I think it just would have hit the audience, including me, a, just a tiny bit harder if we weren't laughing, like literally, you know, less than a minute ago. Um, and I'll get into that in the spoiler section. But overall, the movie is still great. It's still wonderful. I I might venture to say it's my second favorite after Spider-Man now. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 again, we got to talk talk it through. We got to process it. I got to see it again because I'm going to take my girlfriend to see it. So I'm going to have a second viewing with more context and everything. And there was a handful of times where I couldn't hear the lines because, again, the jokes were actually funny and got the audience laughing. Yeah. And so we couldn't hear the lines that were being said. I felt like we needed the subtitles just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to see it again. And because this movie is so expensive, I'm probably going to do that during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Matinee prices. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, I've thrown my rating out there. Thumbs way up. Way out of my expectation. I I thought it was wonderful. I love how the characters interacted. I liked how my favorite characters in particular got a time to shine. Yeah. um, Being Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor in this universe. And they all get their time to really shine, and I think it's great. And that's not to say the other characters don't. They certainly do. Um, I was just very, very impressed. Again, no spoilers or anything, but I think everybody played their roles pretty well. I think there's one exception for me, and I think it's not really his fault. There's a hint for you. Um, But I think overall the movie pulled it off really well. I think the CG that was in it was as good as you could expect from something this big and this large and with some a character who is almost entirely CG, you know? Right. Um, and several characters who are entirely CG, I su- should say. Um, Another hint. But again, this movie was wonderful, and I would happily go see it again several times. It's, it's again, i got to process it a little bit, got to, you know, get back together, because, again, this is kind of one of those movies that do the typical Disney Marvel thing, leave you with a really, like big impression yeah and then and then you have to kind of think about it again to make sure like the first half wasn't as enjoyable as you think it was and i think in this case it probably was yeah 
Uh, I I would definitely say that this movie is definitely worth seeing a thumbs up. Um, I'm also going to say that this movie definitely takes advantage of what I like to call the illusion of the first time. Yeah, like it, it like it. <laughs> they they pulled it off, man. Yeah, it, I didn't think they were going to be able to pull off putting Guardians with you know Avengers and you know all these little pockets of sidekicks and whatever else together, yeah. but they managed to do it, and yeah. I was very impressed. Like this movie hits big, it hits hard, and it hits home. Oh my god! Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. So, um, shall we get into it? I think we shall. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. That's our spoiler-free impression. Again, do not stick around anymore if you have not seen this movie yet. We have given you our spoiler-free review. We are now getting into spoilers. I will put it on the screen, on the video. I am saying it here now. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Do not continue. I beg you, for your own sake and for your family's sake and for everybody's sake, do not watch this video further unless you have seen the movie. Please, after you've seen the movie, come back and join us. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree or disagree. There are some stuff that I have to gripe about. There is some stuff that I want to talk about and praise and whatever else so please come back to us let us know what you think um give us some other points of view that's my favorite part of the show is oh yeah when people actually interact with us and give me their points of view because often they point out things that i didn't expect or didn't think about and that's that makes me appreciate things more or in some cases less (laughs) (laughs) the audience reactions alone are enough yeah to warrant seeing this movie in the theater yeah please do not Deny yourself this great pleasure because once it's gone, it's probably gone. And you're going to be regulated to sitting at home with distractions of your phone and your family members running around and your neighbors banging on the door or whatever. Missing out on the full experience that was intended for this movie. Absolutely. This is a once in a lifetime experience that is paying off 10 years of cumulative work from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Please see this movie now. This is literally unprecedented all right that's it spoilers 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 we gave you a chance yep thank you for sticking with us if you're still here but goddamn, please (laughs) please don't ruin this movie for yourself yeah uh and do come back afterwards yes uh so welcome to the spoiler section for avengers infinity war as typical for all my viewings and reviews I have made a huge thing of notes, <laughs> hoping that we don't uh, forget anything. Of which there was much. <laughs> there is a lot. All right, so let's just go over the basic plot real quick. Um, this movie has the, I don't want to say problem, because it wasn't a problem in this particular movie, but it has the symptoms of Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy that we didn't like in those movies. Right. Where it is the teams splitting up and going on their own little side quests, most of which that don't matter. Star Wars, Last Jedi, another one. Um, right, this, yeah, this got kinda, it. Also did that. This, tangents. Yeah, this yeah, newer Disney story. formula where we're adding like a, an hour to the film with people doing things that don't actually matter away from the main cast. Um, when you do it wrong, it feels like padding, Last Jedi. I'm looking yeah. at you. This movie, however, does it perfectly everybody's subplot actually matters to the overall plot. Everybody has a role in this plot somehow, both 
from the beginning to the end, they matter in some way, shape, or form. And that is something I really appreciate. Um, basically, the movie starts off uh, at the end of Thor Ragnarok, where the big ship comes down on their little life vessel that they just fled from. Like uh, literally at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Just fled from Asgard. You got Thor basically taking Odin's spot, leading the group with his one eye. And uh, <laughs> Loki there at his side, uh, carrying the Tesseract, but at least pretending that he cares about these people and what's going on. And then the gatekeeper, Idris Elba, with him. Um, yes, Heimdall. So uh, that's where we start off. Uh, we don't see what happened, but you basically get the idea <laughs> that uh, Thanos and his minions and his whatever army he's got on the ship just wrecked these these life vessels, uh, both with barrages from their ships and on board, uh, where you see basically every Asgardian being just murdered um, viciously one by one on the ground after being disabled or whatever else. Um, and Thor uh, has conveniently and unfortunately, I think um, forgotten his Raiden powers from <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, which were apparently all internal and didn't need the hammer whatsoever. But in this movie, he needs a hammer because uh, he completely forget that forgets that he's basically Raiden uh, while Thanos is kicking his ass. Um yeah, I feel like that <laughs> that could have been one of the things that could have ended this movie very early, uh, especially based on how fucking powerful Thor is by the end of the movie. Well, I, I have actually one uh, alternative way of looking at that as to why they didn't include that. Uh, I think like one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the things that could have come off as maybe even more disrespectful towards Thor Ragnarok, which is ironic, considering what Thor Ragnarok is. Mm -hmm. um, it could have been considered pretty disrespectful if we, at the opening of this movie, have everyone decimated and have Thor using his lightning powers, but to no avail. See, I think it would have been better if he had been using his lightning powers to no avail. Like he was doing it, but it just wasn't enough. I think that would have been very cool and would have established from the get-go that Thanos was a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think I, I mean, they quite achieved that as well. I agree with you. That's, That's what they should have done. But uh, I don't know. Well, one of the things that I Also, remember... Loki doesn't use his magic at all. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he uses it one time to hide the Tesseract. Uh okay or the mind uh, uh, stone whichever uh, one okay because so. <laughs> he does reveal the the s stone that to he, Thanos which I think was dumb if it was hidden movie, keep it hidden movie's over <laughs> your sacrifice will not be in vain <laughs> keep it hidden everybody's happy no, like everyone would have lived okay maybe not everyone but <laughs> most of the life it would take him a lot more time to kill half the life in the universe. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. <laughs> there again, this movie's great, but you have to overlook some kind of convenient solutions that could have been right there. It, uh, yeah, and some poor logic. I think uh, some of it was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get into that. Uh, uh, we see Loki get killed pretty gratuitously. Uh, by being choked to death on screen yeah. uh, by Thanos while uh, Thor is wrapped up. Uh, we see Hulk get his ass 
absolutely handed to him uh, by Thanos and Hulk's only appearance, really, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. Oh, yeah, he had a, that's Avengers right. Avengers movie where Hulk is there for like 10 seconds, and then <laughs> the rest of the time we play uh, Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor Mark Ruffalo having to be a Just couldn't impotence. get it up. Like, he's literally a, a dick joke right now. Yep. Uh, which is funny, because they actually address Thanos' face looking like a scrotum. In the movie! <laughs> they they pulled a Deadpool in the movie itself. Uh, yeah, and they let the one character who could get away with it do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we go from there. Uh, Thanos has two stones now. Um, he They... Don't show it on screen, but they say that he basically destroyed Nova, the Nova Core planet, yeah, and took the Power Stone, and now he has the Mind Stone. Uh, oh, it, God, or, the Nova it, Core no, died the, off screen. So he has the Power Stone and the Tesseract after the beginning of the movie. Right. It's the Tesseract from Loki, who reveals it in an attempt to kill him, comes very close to killing him, but is stopped by uh, the Space Wizard, right? Right. Space Wizard saves Thanos from a gruesome death. At the hands of Loki. Yeah. Oh, my God, that wizard. I, I kind of wish that those characters had names. Yeah, they one don't, of, the, they one don't of them get gets named. one. <laughs> the first one who dies gets one, right? Yeah. They, they talk about him. Um, so we, from the get-go, established that Asgardians are all dead, and the bullshit about Asgard not being a place, it's about people from Thor Ragnarok is completely forgotten. Uh Thor no longer has his Raiden-like powers. Uh, Loki doesn't use his magic very well <laughs> and is now presumed dead, but maybe he was faking it again. So that establishes that everything from the get-go. Uh, are there any big things from that intro that I'm missing? Hulk gets sent by Gatekeeper in his last yeah. uh, effort. Heimdall opens the Bifrost one last time. Yep, and sends Hulk cascading through space to Earth to warn everybody of what's coming. Um, so we got that. Is there any other big things? Uh, nothing from that opening part. Okay. Um, the next thing we see is down on Earth. Um, Mark Ruffalo slams into uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum base in new york city very convenient by the way very uh, convenient so he crash lands in the stairwell right there um and dr strange and wong are there obviously um and <laughs> go aggressively at him until they realize oh it's just a impotent man <laughs> buried in our stair uh, uh basically what's he doing in here going ding 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 the bell cannot be unrung <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> And he's coming! Uh, it was, it was, it done, was better. It was done much better. It was better. <laughs> uh, he says, "Thanos is coming. Thanos is coming." And that, yeah. So that sets up uh, what's going on. You, it's clear, clearly illustrated, um, but not dwelt on too long. Thankfully, uh, that Mark Ruffalo has been sent there. He explains what happened to Thor and everybody in space, and what Thanos is trying to do, and explains things to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange basically opens the portal, goes and gets Tony Stark and says, we have to have a conversation, pulls him away from Pepper Potts, who sucks, and I hope she's one of the dead people <laughs> at the end of the movie. Um, 
Gwyneth Paltrow is horrible, and I really don't like her. Um, yeah, I'm she's pretty, a bad. She's a bad human being in real life. A I, terrible human being. Just I'm pretty sure out there. they're keeping her alive, but I know, hope not. That that's they paid her well, too much money to come back already. Well, we'll find out. We need an excuse to make Robert Downey Jr. cry. Um, so um, after some. Uh, Dick conversation cascading back and forth between Doctor Strange and uh, Tony Stark, who are probably the top tier dicks in this whole universe. Uh, yeah, um, uh, double douche. They have a kind of master of linguistic wits <laughs> competition going on there. Um, oh. That is when the first assault on Earth happens, where we get the big space donut ship, which is a very inconvenient design, by the way. Um, the donut ship comes down um, with the space wizard and the big, you know, uh, mauler minion of Thanos. Um, yeah. And again, it, as even though it's obvious as CG and I can tell and it brings me out just a little tiny bit like all CG does, I think it was done very well, especially for the minions in particular. I think the minions were the most convincing of the CG and not Thanos himself, but uh, I thought they looked all right. Um, they kind of looked like the hunter and the arbiter from uh, Halo. That's what I was kind of getting. They, they and they drive a giant space Halo. So <laughs> they did kind of have that vibe. Uh, also, uh, one of those, uh, one of those uh, children of the Black Order, or uh, Thanos's minions, uh, actually. Gets a name. I think he's the only one that actually gets a name. Uh, this one, given to him by Tony Stark, Squidward. <laughs> yes, the space wizard is called Squidward. Yeah. That was... He's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think either Tony Stark, no, Robert Downey Jr., saw the concept art ahead of time and knew what he was going to look like in the CG, or they wrote it into the script. I don't know which one is more brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The world may never know. (laughs) So basically, if you're not informed, you should be, because Doctor Strange is a great movie, and you should go see it now um, to get ready for this movie. Yes. Again, if you haven't seen this movie yet, what are you doing? If you haven't seen Doctor Strange before seeing this movie, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, We know that Doctor Strange has the Eye of Agamotto, which is the Time Stone. And Tony Stark has made it very clear that, all right, we know what the, he wants. We know what he needs. My priority is to make sure that, that your time stone doesn't get into his hands, so I'm going to fight him or whatever. And he keeps trying to dismiss Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange is stubborn and keeps trying to fight them anyway um, and almost gets himself captured a few times. Uh, Spider-Man shows up to help uh, everybody after seeing what was happening on the bus. Um uh, Tony again trying to be the protective Uncle Ben <laughs> type. Uh, keeps trying to send him away, but he keeps going, and he accepts his help eventually. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's not uh, necessarily wanted. And Mark Ruffalo is useless as he uh, <laughs> continues to be impotent, and Hulk is actively saying no to him every time he tries to bring him out. Apparently, um, not only is it not easy being green, but uh, it's not easy getting green either. Yeah. And I have a theory as to why Hulk won't come out for him. I think that getting his ass wrecked by Thanos actually scares Hulk and makes Hulk afraid for the first time in his life. And that's my yeah. that's my personal theory. 
I th- that, that would be a very powerful like way of looking at that entire exchange. Yeah. I think it is Mark Ruffalo's subconscious where he it's really hard to get angry at the thing you fear the most, you know. Uh whereas when you're just in sheer terror and I think that's what Hulk experienced for the first time. Something yeah. that he couldn't even contend with. Right. And I think like, that's why he wouldn't come out the whole movie. Yeah. Like prior to the exchange between him and Thanos out in space, Hulk has easily, handily beaten the shit out of anything that has come his way. Mm-hmm. And then Thanos beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hulkbuster beat him, even though the Hulkbuster. Tony Stark took quite quite a beating himself, but Hulkbuster beat him, and Thor beat him with his raiding, Raiden lightning, and often fights him toe-to-toe when he has his hammer. Uh, but no one has just outright kicked his ass with him barely doing anything. Um, right. He gets one lucky hit, really, and that's just because uh, Loki <laughs> tricked him. Um, yeah and had a hulk cascading at him when he was showing him the stone or whatever um yeah like thanos unlike all of those other losses if you will the difference between them and thanos is like at least there like there was a challenge where like he was Looked like he could take them, and then kind of did for a little bit, but yeah. then they got the upper hand. Uh, this See, this one, he had no upper hand at all. Yeah. See, what I thought was going to happen is, like, towards the end of the movie, I thought, like, Thanos was going to kill Natasha, and then because of the stupid baby monster thing from Age of Ultron... <laughs> Just fucking awful. Uh, the forced romance between them. I thought that would be the thing that triggered him to be angry enough to break out his Hulk, and then he would just get angrier and angrier, as you expect from Hulk, which, for those of you who don't know about Hulk, that's how he's his power is fed. The angrier he gets, the stronger he becomes. So technically, his strength is limitless, but it's so hard to get him over that that right. really high level of fury. You yeah, know? His rage level is his only limit, and... It takes a lot of work getting that hyped, let alone maintaining that. Yeah. So what I thought was going to happen is he was going to break out there. And obviously I'd seen the commercials, so I assumed Tony was in the Hulkbuster armor. Surprise. <laughs> uh, Surprise. It's uh, impotent Mark Ruffalo. Oh. But uh, Wong's in there too, kicking some ass uh, and saving both their skins a few times. Yeah. Um, Including cutting off the one guy's hand, uh, which yes. is pretty cool. Um, which actually gets him an invite. Yeah. But what I don't like is that at the end, he just leaves the Eye of Agamotto and Doctor Strange in the care of Tony Stark and says, oh, the Sanctum Santorum needs to be protected. I'm like, aren't there like a hundred other fuckers like you to do that? <laughs> the, the Time Stone will literally end the universe along with your fucking Sanctum Santorum if Thanos gets it and does everything he wants to do and could do. Why would you not go after your fucking leader and the Time Stone, which is an artifact from the Sanctum T- Santorum? Why would you just be like, uh, oh, peace out? And... Was that just too convenient? Too I'm... convenient that he could open a fucking portal and take him back? <laughs> One thing to remember with this is that this is a two-part movie. 
and I'm assuming that uh, quite a few of the unexplained exits or questions as to where these characters were the entire time that didn't show up at all are going to be elaborated on further in the second movie. I hope so, because that was a bitch-ass way for Wong to go out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and pretty funny since he's, I think he's the only Asian character in the movie. There's one who's an alien, but pretty sure he's the only Asian character like of significance. Is, and we're just like, eh, making peace out. <laughs> he, he's literally the only Asian we got. <laughs> um, Guys. <laughs> so I felt that kind of sucked. Um, Ooh. And wasn't entirely the most logical but i think it was just exclusively so they could have the fun escape scene um yeah so basically what happens is the minions more or less win they um dr strange has put a spell over the eye of agamotto so only he can touch it or release the stone that's contained within um and uh, the wizard guy says, basically, I'll just torture you until you open it for me or whatever, and takes him up uh, unconscious. The cape the cape has a lot of roles in this. The cape is basically the carpet from Aladdin Yes, <laughs> in this movie, and it's pretty fun. I really enjoy how it was handled because it, it actually gets a lot of feature time, probably more than Wong. <laughs> the cape actually is featured more than Wong in this movie. Or Holy Hawkeye shit. or Ant-Man, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, yes. Um, more on that later but uh yeah basically dr strange is taken away by the space wizard guy and the 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 mauler is sent to somewhere in some wintry mountainous area by uh wong and loses his arm there um and the spaceship flies away with uh tony stark uh chasing after it and spider-man uh trying to hang on for dear life uh tony stark saves him from suffocating to death by uh sending the the iron spider suit yeah the iron, the iron spider, spider oh yeah um gets attached to him right there which is pretty awesome it's pretty cool to see the iron spider suit but i'm like why didn't you do that earlier <laughs> um that would have been very helpful probably um but he sends the Iron Spider suit up there to protect him and then activates the parachute to make <laughs> him leave the ship because he doesn't want him going off into fucking space, knowing <laughs> that it's probably a one-way trip. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man says, fuck that. I'm coming with Dad. Uh, I want to be a big boy. <laughs> and he hides in a compartment while Tony goes into the interior of the ship and tries to track down uh, Doctor Strange and come up with a plan to save him. Uh, is that pretty much everything from that point of the movie? Yeah. Yeah, That I think that uh, closes out that segment. And he says bye to Pepper Potts, and I'm like, good riddance. <laughs> You're like, good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next scene we see, um, I believe, is... Oh, let me make sure. I think we go back to Thor, right? In space... And the yes. guard. This is when the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. I'm get, I might have these orders just a little bit out of whack, but I'm pretty sure it's the gist of where it happens. But the Guardians of the Galaxy are floating around in space. Groot is the uh, <laughs> shitty teenager stage <laughs> of his growth cycle, playing some arcade games. Um, they're listening to some tunes, which still that one tune was better than everything in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So even though it was sick burn, even though it wasn't a top tier song to put in there. <laughs> 
it was much better than volume two. Uh, they listen to some tunes, typical Guardians fashion, and they are responding to a distress signal with the hopes that uh, whoever they help will be very happy and generous and thankful and give them plenty of money. And if they don't, maybe we'll steal their ship, <laughs> uh, which is all fun and good and what the Guardians should be. Um <laughs> And they arrive and they see just the ship blown up to pieces and all the bodies of the Asgardians floating in space and slamming up against things. And then who <laughs> slams into their windshield? None other than Thor himself. And it's shown that he's basically conscious. He, he opens his eyes and kind of drifts back again. And they're like, oh, shit, he's alive. And they bring him on board. And uh, they have some nice scenes that are real funny with the kind of jealousy of... It- uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Peter like, Qu- Peter Quill is jealous of Thor. As, like, oh my uh, God, Thor showed up! Uh, Wait, the, the why? Gray- why do all all of these people like him better than me? Yeah. No. <laughs> While Gamora is kind of gushing over him and rubbing his muscles and <laughs> talking like, about how fit he looks, it's like stop. They rag on him for being fat and give him a hard time. It's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> funny, and it is what Guardians one to a T for me. And I was like, yes, oh yeah, this is what I want. <laughs> it's not like too aggressive, but it's just right. Oh yeah, um, that was that was perfect, Guardians. But yeah, they have some funny drag scenes and some mantis stuff, and uh, just a really cool dynamic with uh, Rocket Raccoon. Um, and they bring, using mantis, they bring Thor back to consciousness. He wakes up. He more or less gives him the gist of what's happening. He has this weird, awkward moment with Gamora where he's like, I too have a dad who was an asshole sometimes and blah, 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 blah. And it was yeah. um, Peter Quill's in the background getting all pissed like, off. Mm, I had an asshole dad too. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fun humor that happens and, and a lot of cool dynamics that are created because of that scene. Um, yeah. And basically... Um, or establishes that there's only one weapon that he he knows of that could bring Thanos down uh, before he can get all the stones, and that's at the the Great Forge or whatever. Uh, he's going to go there and have the the person at the forge either give him a weapon or craft him a weapon that can that is built from a dead star like his prior hammer that was for some reason destroyed by Hela because apparently she's able to do that. Thanos can't fucking do it, but Hela <laughs> apparently could. Um, Hell is OP. <laughs> <laughs> but hardly used. Um, so uh, Thor est- establishes that he wants to do this uh, because Racket Raccoon loves things that go boom and great powerful weapons. He wants to go with him. Yes. And um, Groot obviously hangs out with Racket Raccoon. So he says, I'm going to. And um, Peter Quill says, no, you're not. And Rocket Raccoon says, I'm the captain. Fuck off. We're doing what I want. (laughs) And so Rocket Raccoon and Groot get into the escape pod with Thor after explaining everything. Um, Gamora uh, says, we got to go to nowhere and stop Thanos from getting the stone from the collector. Um, And so the rest of the Guardians are set on their path to go to uh, nowhere to prevent Thanos from getting the... uh, Which one is it? The, The Red Stone... That one is the reality stone. Reality stone uh, from the collector. Um, and then the others go to the forge in the, the space pod or whatever, uh, captained by Rocket Raccoon himself. And that sets up what's coming for their subplots, I guess. 
but again, done well, so it, it all connects to the main plot. It's not just a useless fucking side quest that doesn't matter like the other movies. Oh, yeah, no. Like, with this one, uh, the way that it sets up these two branching paths, it seems very much like... I don't want to say like a choose your own adventure book where you like jump back to the other side and you like you can basically pick whichever one you want, but instead we're just looking at like the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this feels more like um, kind of the same way that uh, the uh, oceans movies do, where they have like these different characters handling these separate things. That all lead in toward this yeah. one. They all main culminate thing. at the end for the big heist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is funny because they advertised Ocean's Eight, <laughs> and that looks horrible. Oh, it does. So yeah, that's all, everything's established. All the subplots are set into motion, except for Cap. Um, except for Cap, and then it goes back to Earth, uh, where we see uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Um, basically romancing in Scotland and hiding um, because from Civil War, they each allied to opposite sides, Vision obviously with his dad, Tony, and (laughs) uh, Scarlet Witch with Captain America, and they both basically take a a short term of leave, (laughs) respectively, to go romance with each other in Scotland and do their things together, and then they're supposed to report back or whatever, but... Uh, they're enjoying each other's company a little too much, and so they decide to turn things off and uh, ignore everybody saying, hey, you should probably come back. And uh, <laughs> um, Yeah. They're out, they're out romancing and stuff, and uh, Vision's been having problems with the stone. It's reacting to all the, the actions of Thanos and everything, we assume. And um, One stone is called by another. <laughs> And um, he knows something's wrong, but he's not sure what. And they pass this television screen, which is showing what happens is happening in New York City. And uh, the two other minions show up to basically wrestle the stone from Vision's head. Um, yeah. By force. Um, <laughs> so these guys show up. Um, again, two minions. I think it's like the assassin one and then this old one that ends up croaking (laughs) um but they have this cool fight where they get surprise attacked and the the fight goes back and forth and visions you know very heavily damaged by a scepter to the chest uh thankfully he's a robot so he can deal with it um kind of Uh, he he can deal with it much better than anyone else (laughs) and scarlet witch is fighting him off and trying to flee but every time they get a little further away they get shot down or something by one of the other minions and they're chasing them all throughout scotland and the big like <gasps> moment <laughs> comes at the end when it, it seems like they're the odds are just stacked against them i think scarlet witch probably could have still taken them on by herself and dealt with it but probably. we needed an excuse to make captain america show up <laughs> <laughs> but um Basically, the team yeah. from Captain America shows up, uh, minus Ant-Man and minus Captain America, or uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, thank yeah. you. Uh, Captain America shows up as, oh, bad, and his <laughs> stealth black suit and his long hair and his beard. And no um, one fucking calls him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, black Widow shows up uh, in her with her blonde black hair. Suit. Black yeah. Black jet suit and blonde hair. Um, cause that totally hides who you are when you're Scarlett Johansson. Nobody <laughs> notices that face. Um, oh, wait. You're really hot. Everybody recognizes you. 
red hair. You stick It's out. almost like I used to have red hair. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, she sticks out like a sore thumb, but blonde hair totally solves the problem. Um, same length and everything. Y- yeah. <laughs> it's just a palette swap. I guess. Uh, and uh, Falcon shows up because, what? okay. Because he put in time. He's there. <laughs> he was in some movies. He needs to be there. Um, if Wong's going to be there, we got to have uh, we gotta Falcon. Falcon. So they show up and start kicking their ass. And uh, Black Widow gets the first kill for the Avengers team of the movie and <laughs> stabs the dude through the chest. He doesn't die on screen, but we are told later that he passed from his injuries when uh, Natasha notices that he's not there at the final battle um, or towards the end, right? I think so, yeah. Um, so uh, first kill for the Avengers, point one. Uh, even though Thanos is getting everything he wants up to this point. <laughs> um, yeah, and, there's literally like nothing stopping him. Yeah, and the big bruiser flees with them. Um, so they're all gone. Um, Vision is safe in the hands of the Captain America team right now. Um, they go and talk to uh, Rhodey, War Machine, who is still on his kind of robot simulated legs because he can't walk properly because of what happened in Civil War. Uh, he shows up at the Avengers headquarters uh, where Rhodey's manning things since Tony's gone. Um, and, you know, warm feelings ensue. Um, of course. Mark Ruffalo says, hi, have you missed me? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we thought you were just I, hiding or something. Oh, you, uh, you're nice, back. Nice to see you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they have the feigned, you know, my womb makes me a monster thing. Oh, uh, God. Briefly <laughs> with uh, Black Widow, but they kept it at a minimum. So I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, I can I can deal with this. Um, <laughs> so they all have the little heartwarming moment. Rhodey hugs everybody. The general's there as a hologram, and he's like, oh, you're a criminal, and blah, 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 blah. And Captain America's like, fuck you. I don't need permission. The, <laughs> everybody's about to die, you fuck. Y- and uh, yeah. Rhodey says, yeah, I'll I'll try him right now, and then tosses him away. And they hug and have their bromance thing go on. And uh, this is when uh, Captain America says, all right, I think I know a guy. And they go off to Wakanda. And I think that's the next scene immediately, right? They yeah. Sh- they show up in Wakanda. You see Bucky, who's been living there, uh, which is really weird since he murdered his dad. And they're less like, oh, come live with us and be happy and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. The the secret to uh, Black Panther is that he's he, he's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> he's so liter- benevolent. He, he's so benevolent. He's literally the most understanding human you've ever encountered (laughs) and not only is he there living in peace and happily hiding in wakanda but they give him another arm Uh, yes because at the end of the day they know what he's good at no matter what it costs them (laughs) (laughs) but they still make him fight with a gun with bullets yes and limited ammo when they have these fucking sonic laser things over here they're like no you fight with the limited ammo oh and you can only use magazines not a drum because fuck you (laughs) you killed my dad i hope you die in this conflict (laughs) even though i just gave you the fucking magic metal arm which does nothing by the way it serves no purpose in this movie other than to help him hold stuff (laughs) i mean isn't that what you do with an arm 
not a magic metal arm. <laughs> it's not magic, it's vibranium. There's totally scientific properties to it. And metal is scientific too. Um, yeah, yeah, but it is. Dark Knight's metal. <laughs> <laughs> what about death metal? <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> um, so oh, it's so metal. We go to Wakanda. We see that everything's pretty much where it was left off uh, at the end of Black Panther. Which is a good movie. Go see it. And it is relevant to this movie. Yes. Um, we see Bucky get his arm back and is established as part of the fighting force. Um, Captain America and Mark Ruffalo show up. There's some humorous scenes with the interactions. Like one of my favorite in the movie is where um, Mark Ruffalo is getting off the plane with everybody. Again, new new face. Never seen this Black Panther guy. Has no idea what happened at Wakanda and everything. Right. Um, and that it's part of the world now. Uh, and, and he's confused. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do for the king. And he's like, do I bow or whatever? And Rhodey messing with him is like, yeah, yeah. This is the one scene where I'll forgive Marvel for having Don Cheadle over Terrence Howard because it worked for that scene <laughs> uh, where he tells him to, yeah, yeah, bow. And then when they get up there, he says, your highness, and bows. And everybody else is just like looking at him like an idiot. <laughs> and Black Panther is like, T'Challa is like, uh. like, we do not do that here. <laughs> and just kind of laughs at him. So that was great. Uh, uh, that, that, that did have a well-deserved chuckle come out of me. Yeah. Um, they have a nice little scene where uh, the sister kind of mocks Mark Ruffalo for not thinking of how to design the synapses and Vision's head. Uh, just, you know, because talking sign fake pseudoscience nonsense you know star trek science basically because everything's better in wakanda yeah i thought that was kind of cute um we see the return of the king's protector um i i don't remember her name at all i do do you really yes what is it it's okoye okoye okay (laughs) um we see the return of the uh, uh mountain hillbillies of wakanda uh, whoa, which are whoa, my favorite. Whoa, 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 Hillbillies. They're hillbillies. They live up in the fucking mountains. Oh, my God. We've already had this discussion. It, how is that not West Virginia? They're, <laughs> they're all completely backwards uh, <laughs> against the, the, the outlook of the modern, peaceful Wakandans down below. They all live like animals. They all have fucking big furs and bullshit and want to fight everybody. They stand on ceremony. I will give you that. They're the West Virginians of fucking Wakanda. They honor the old ways. They are the hillbillies (laughs) of Wakanda. Just, okay, technically, they wouldn't be hillbillies because they live in mountains. So do real hillbillies. Then why are they called hillbillies? I don't know. Mountain... Billy's doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> uh, everything's established in Wakanda. They come up with the idea that in order to save Vision without you know, still managing to destroy the stone using a Scarlet Witch's apparent power, which is able to interact with it, they're going to use the Wakandan technology to break the synaptic connection to Vision, try to save him and break him away from the stone and destroy it, which uh, is another convenient plot point. And I, I get it. Captain America is goody two-shoes. Uh, Scarlet Witch loves him. They, they have every incentive to try to save him. But, I mean, we're kind of on a quick timetable here. And uh, if he, they destroyed the stone right then and there, he wouldn't be able to reverse time, really, unless he knew exactly when it got destroyed and went back. I don't know. But uh, that probably would have solved a lot of problems right there. 
Um, but they that, that might have broken the movie. They go the honorable route as you'd expect, um, and try to save him while everybody else readies their forces. Uh, and then, sure enough, one of the ships starts dropping out of the atmosphere and sets the stage for the next layers of the movie to unfold. Um, so you have Captain America, you have Hulk in the Hulkbuster armor. I don't know how they got it from uh, Iron Man. Maybe Rhodey gave it to him. Um, Somehow they got it. But yeah, it's it's a very weird moment when you realize that because the Hulk can't get it up, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, he goes to uh, mechanical means in order to, you know, assert himself in this way. Yeah. So basically we have Captain America, we have Hulk, we have Black Widow, we have obviously Black Panther and all his crew. Um, we have Falcon, we have War Machine, uh, we have Vision, and we have Scarlet Witch all in Wakanda standing ready to protect uh, Vision's separation from the, the, the Mind Stone uh, so they can destroy it before Thanos can get it and finish the job, uh, which conveniently he waits until the last point to get to it. <laughs> Whereas Conveniently, if he, if he had come much earlier, I don't think it would have been a problem. But that's the one he waits last on. So, okay, um, sounds legit. Um, so the stage is set in Wakanda for that part of the movie. We jump to the rescue scene, um, basically with Peter Parker's help. After discovering that he had kind of jumped on as a stowaway. Um, Peter Parker comes up with the pop culture idea from the movie Aliens where they puncture a hole in the ship and <laughs> the alien gets swept out um, and <laughs> killed in outer space, you assume. It, it, it's so bold. Uh, it's so bold that they actually decide to reference not just aliens, but to actually like basically take their stick for this one scene yep, and say it out loud which is amazing i love it <laughs> if they had just done it i'd be like eh, okay like oh that seems like aliens it's like have you guys seen the movie aliens like <laughs> no oh my god they are not they- is, which is a callback to what he did and um I think Civil War, right? Where he says, have you seen uh, Empire Strikes Back or whatever? Yes. And he does the wraparound thing yeah. with uh, Ant-Man. Um, yeah, he totally did that. So it's the second time that I can think of that he did it. I don't know if he did it in Homecoming. I don't remember him doing it. but I don't, th- I don't think I remember him making a reference to a movie. Although, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming just is definitely a John Hughes movie. It's basically... All of the Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, all of that, but with Spider-Man in it. Yeah. So uh, we get on the ship. We have the rescue mission formulated. Basically, Tony Stark acts as a distraction while Spider-Man gets in place to catch Tony uh, before he can be sucked out of the the ship when Tony blows it. And Tony gives him the credit, obviously, and then he blows the ship with his rocket or whatever. And through that hole <laughs> in the ship, the space wizard dies so we have our second kill on the side of the avengers where they kill space wizard via tony stark blowing a hole in the ship and spider-man using using his iron spider suit and connect in addition to tony uh his newfound nano machines for his new suit design which i'm guessing he stole from iron man 3 probably stole that nano machine tech from the 
Mandarin <laughs> and Man, adapted geez. it to his own. Uh, he uses that to patch the hole uh, after they pull in Doctor Strange and save him. Uh, Doctor Strange and Tony duke it out, basically. They have some fun dialogue, and they duke it out about what they should do next. You know, uh, Doctor Strange is like, we should, you know, I need to go back to Earth and protect this and the Sanctum Santorum and do everything I can and blah, blah, blah. Tony says, no, that'll just get more people, you know, killed and our planet destroyed uh, in this guy's conquest. I think our best best option is to just take him on head on and see if we can prevent this all together. And they go back and forth and they discuss it. And Doctor Strange establishes very critically that if it comes down to protecting the stone and either of them or himself, he will choose the stone over everything else. And he says, understood, you know, and obviously Tony Stark at this point is grappling with his kind of parental feelings for Peter and wanting to protect him, but you know he understands that this is a universe level threat, and they they have to take care of it, or else they're all fucked. Yeah. So they make the a pl- stakes are very real with this one. Yeah. They make a plan uh, similar to Independence Day, where they're gonna take <laughs> the alien ship and sneak it into the mother base and uh, <laughs> pop out and take on Thanos. So. Um, oh my god, that is so Independence Day. I completely forgot. <laughs> it is 100% the Independence Day plot. <laughs> you're going to sneak in in your alien ship and we're going to fight you. Yeah. We're going to fuck you up. Um, fight you in your home turf. We're going to hack you with our 1998 <laughs> <laughs> Apple virus. It's an old which code. Which I'm pretty sure didn't even have Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's an old code, but it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Maybe it was all in binary. Maybe it was a binary virus. Everything runs on binary, even aliens. Everything. Uh, so uh, they're set on their way to go confront Thanos and try to... Get the, the main goal is to get the glove off of him and try to prevent Thanos from having access to the stones altogether. Um, right. Just take the glove off. And Should I get, be easy, right? I guess we do get one official name. Because uh, when he show, they show up to ambush Thanos, he says, oh, so so-and-so is dead. I don't remember who, what the name is, but they go, yeah, we killed him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one's going to remember what yeah. that name is. I think it started, it was something like Nas or something, like like the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an N name, I feel like. It was really short, like one syllable name. Eh, either way, it's pretty inconsequential. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um Squidward. Squidward. <laughs> they killed Squidward. Um, so they're set on their path. Um, then I think we jump to Thor again, right? Yes. Uh, Thor and Rocket Raccoon and all of them, uh, they show up at the Great Forge, and they see that the, the star is not lit. Uh, the forge is not lit. Uh, there's nothing there. It seems like everything's dead. Everything's frozen in space. And they go into the base and they see basically the design mold for the Infinity Gauntlet uh, because Thanos had gone there to have the gauntlet forged in the first place. And basically how he had done it is shown up, uh, killed, uh, threatened to kill everybody uh, in front of the blacksmith because they couldn't stop him. Um, so he made the glove and then he killed everyone every anyway except for the blacksmith. Um, which I don't think uh, that's how ratios work, Thanos. Mr. I kill half of you and leave half of you to live, but he killed everybody except for one. 
And this is where we get yeah. one of the most ridiculous fourth wall breaking surprises of the film. Oh my god. We get Peter Dinklage <laughs> as the dwarf of the forge. The- but he's giant. He's a giant literal dwarf. And I'm not saying that to be insensitive. He is a little person playing a giant dwarf. Can can I just uh, point out the fact that uh, I could not stop thinking about a robot chicken skit <laughs> as a result of this casting. It's like I literally thought of the skit that they made up on that show called The Giant Midget. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is beyond his reach. I'll show you all. I'll show you all. <laughs> I am the huge dwarf now. That was amazing. That is, that is one of the first indicators that I had that this movie was going to have balls. Because they took something as socially and culturally risky as making a joke about the fact that he is a little person as a giant dwarf. Yes. The balls, the bravado <laughs> to make that that fourth wall joke in this movie. I, uh, it's and like I thought we it just w- got a peek I th- at the balls that yeah. that this movie has. And I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was hilarious, you know. I'm not a little person, maybe little people feel the other a different way about it, but I thought it was hilarious. And I don't I think if Peter Dinklage can deal with it, I think you can deal with it too. Yeah, that I think honestly for him to play it straight that entire time, I don't even know how they shot that. Other than for like maybe having Chris Hemsworth like look at a trackball and pretend he's talking to someone. Yeah, probably. That, that's still insane. <laughs> that that is that that's even a thing that they thought one was going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or two, even thinking that this would look right on film. And they went out of their way to, one, make it look as right on film as you could possibly ever. Yeah, it looked real good. And also to establish that we don't give a fuck. (laughs) Which is why I don't understand why they don't just make Josh Brolin, like, wear purple prosthetics or whatever they need to. Like they did with um, um, the guy from X Men, Apocalypse. Now, Apocalypse, I didn't think like the movie was good by any means, but I thought how Apocalypse himself looked looked very good, and I think they should have gone that kind of route with Thanos. And if you need him to be really big, just do what they did with Peter Dinklage because it looked good. Um, that's just my opinion, but I think it would have worked a little better. Yeah, especially for how much the movie is focused on Thanos. Like they really try to develop Thanos's character in this movie. So, um I feel like that would have gone a long way personally. Yeah. I I think there probably was a way to more incorporate special effects or not special effects, practical effects specifically. Yeah. But I think they kind of went the the path of least resistance with this one. Which, I get it. Technically, while it does take a lot of people to render that, it is a little bit easier to handle that than to uh, 
one continuously like reapply all of this stuff to Josh Brolin's face. Yeah, I understand. It's probably easier for the actor more than anything else. Yeah, um, but it it's still kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen Thor's official suit in a long time. Because yeah. he, he literally had to have a water cooling system built into the suit because it would overheat him so quickly. Um, yeah. So I I understand from that perspective, you know, and even Tony's Iron Man suit is almost entirely digital now, um, whereas it used to be kind of prosthetic anytime that he had scenes uh, where he wasn't in full suit flying around and doing crazy things. Oh, so, yeah. Th- this time around, like, his... It's, his, it's a, his it was all CG. Yeah, it was almost entirely CG. And but so was Spider Man's at this point. Yeah, Spider Man too. Yeah, nano um, machines. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we're at the forge. Peter Dinklage. He explains everything that happened. The forge is and the, the light is out. And um, I think this is one of my few criticisms of the movie. I think Peter Dinklage's performance was a little too over the top. I mean, you can tell that he's making a fake, like, low, deep voice in order to compensate for his size in the movie. And I think it's a, right. li- it's a little too noticeable and a little silly, especially in the second half of his scenes. And I think there's some logical leaps later when they get the forge going and everything where he's like, oh, where's the handle? We need a handle. I'm like, why would you not set that aside like you would the metal and everything? In preparation for this god who's about to kill himself trying to hold this thing open while you forge him this weapon that could save the universe. So, yeah, there there were some things that I was like, oh, that's the Marvel like forcing a joke scene thing. But I think some of the payoff for it was kind of fun. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm allowed to put my brain in the back seat for that scene. Yeah, it, it does tend to gloss over or skip a couple of things in this particular scene. But yeah, at this point, we're already like, we're all in. Yeah. Like we we are at the point where, at least for me personally, I was waiting for there to be some kind of like lull in the storytelling. Yeah. But they kept did, it rolling. I, I did not feel a lull throughout the entire two and a half hours. Yeah, me neither. So at this point, uh, they come up with the idea to restart the forge. They need something with a great amount of force to start the rotation again. And um, so Thor comes up with the idea that he's going to swing the fucking spaceship (laughs) with Rocket (laughs) Raccoon in it uh, at at the ring. And then he's going to have Rocket turn on the rockets full speed and he's going to grab onto whatever and start the inertia and make it spin and everything, which solidifies to me that a Thor is nigh indestructible (laughs) uh, at this point in the story. Already he's capable of, not needing air in space which makes it ridiculous to me that he was just like reduced to a little bitch in uh <laughs> ragnarok where they just controlled him with one little electrical device thing but um you know <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he's taken a full-on assault from the hulk twice um he's fought obviously all the villains and everything come out of it including his brother um I he, think he got his are just his weakness, <laughs> weirdly, because he controls fucking lightning. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> he gets his ass beat by Thanos, still doesn't die. Um, he gets his ass beat by Thanos and still doesn't die. Blows up in the spaceship, still doesn't die. 
floats in the vacuum of space, still doesn't die. Apparently, he doesn't need to breathe oxygen. Um, no, he's too metal for that. They set off the plan. Real fun scene. He grabs onto the ring, again, illustrating how fucking invulnerable he is. Um, spins the ring, uh, gets the forge going, and then something breaks right after he gets the forge going. And they basically say, well, you, you're going to have to find a way to pry this damn thing open so I can do the forging. And he says, how long you need? He says, a few minutes maybe to melt the, the metal into the mold. And then blah, 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 blah. Everything will be done except the fucking handle. Blah, blah, blah. But we'll ignore that. Um, <laughs> so basically they hatch the plan that he's going to go and hold the, the star forge open. Which, again, illustrating how fucking invulnerable this guy is. <laughs> he takes the full-on force of this thing for several minutes before he gets weakened to the point that he gets blown away into space and Rocket Raccoon goes and tries to catch him, but just he just gets blasted into the room because uh, Rocket sucks. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So he takes on that head-on collision and is still conscious, mind you. Um, because he's Thor. <laughs> God damn, this guy's involved. Why is this guy here? He should be fighting Thanos each time. Because <laughs> uh, he's the only one that can take the fucking blows. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he'll he get was turned there. into bubbles. He, he was there at the beginning. Yeah, with his fucking Raiden powers that he conveniently forgot about for the first half of the movie. <laughs> I like to think he just figured out that they didn't work off screen and that we showed up at the end of that altercation. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Thor takes the brunt of this fucking Star Forge thing uh, that can make a weapon that can kill Thanos. And um, this is what I think it's called the Stormbringer, right? Uh, yes. Or I think it was either Stormbringer or Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker it's- sounds better. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with that one because it sounds cooler. Yeah. So Stormbreaker, which is basically a hammer axe combination, and um, they inspired for- by the Mar- Marvel Ultimate Universe. Yeah. They um, <laughs> uh, forge it, and they can't find the stupid handle. So Groot drops his Game Boy for a second, realizing the <laughs> seriousness of the situation, uh, and literally attaches his arm to it and shows that he's worthy by sh- shifting it into the air and breaking off his arm to make a handle. I didn't see any uh, Odin whispers on that thing. That thing is the weight of a neutron star. <laughs> Groot is not fucking lifting a neutron star without being fucking worthy, okay? Uh, t- not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know? Oh, maybe, but it was a good scene. Yeah, um, it was very, very thematically like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so the stage is set. They now have this Stormbreaker weapon. Uh, we've established that Thor is fucking nigh invulnerable. Uh, Groot, nigh invulnerable. Groot is there. Um, uh, Rocket Raccoon's there, ready to go. Uh, the dwarf decides he's going to stay back here in the forge. <laughs> you guys do your thing. <laughs> um, and it, we know that now he has the power of the, the frost or whatever. The Bifrost. Bifrost, uh, which is Rainbow what, Road. Which is what uh, the gatekeeper used to go back and forth and open tunnels through space and time to different places or whatever. Um, so that's set up for Thor to go back to Earth and do his thing and show up later. So that's whole all of Thor's arc there uh, complete until the, the final uh, battle there. Uh, next up, we jump to the Guardians again. 
They've gone to nowhere, shown up there. Uh, they sneak in. Thanos is already there. Uh, he creates the appearance that you know he hasn't destroyed the place yet, and he's basically interrogating the the collector uh, about the right the, the 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 Infinity Stone he has in his possession. Um, <clears throat> and they go in to sneak in, and because Drac is Drac, he <laughs> he doesn't listen to anybody and tries to charge in, makes a bunch of noise, uh, reveals that they're there, obviously, um, when they're trying to be stealthy and ambush him. Um, nobody. Yep. It's established that nobody is listening to Star-Lord whatsoever anymore. Like, no one. Which is weird, but I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'll go with it, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last two Guardians movies established that Okay, yeah, at first we weren't listening to him, but in the end we listened to him because he actually has at least some kind of decent plan. Yeah. At least half the time. His ideas generally work out, even if they are a little weird in practice. (laughs) This movie, they're just... They've lost all respect for him for some reason, and they just don't listen to a goddamn thing he says. I... I think of all the characters in this movie, Peter Quill is the most neutered. Yeah, as a character, I, I think he was kind of shit on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is again minor gripe, but it's it was noticeable that just he got nothing. Yeah, it was like that. He does have great moments, but uh, in terms of like character interactions, uh, his was the least. You know, it made him look cool the least yeah. out of every other character. Thor shits on him. His team shits on him. His team ignores his orders. Rocket shits all over him. Um, Doctor Strange and uh, Iron Man shit all over him later. Yeah. Thanos likes him, though. Because <laughs> he was willing to sacrifice somebody for the better good. Oh, Just like Thanos. Oh, You and I are not so different after all. I like you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we definitely had a Thanos comparison there, which is funny because he's the son of a celestial being, just like Thanos. Oh, the Mad Titan is real good at making people angry. I'll cut the eating parts out. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they they set on this plan. They're going to ambush him. Um, Gamora takes the head and she actually succeeds. She stabs him in the stomach, in the chest, and in the neck, right through the head. Thanos slowly drops down, dying and whatever else. Uh, we were joking. All right, roll credits. Um, yeah. And yeah. I thought it was a little weird that he died so quickly and easily. Without uh, having with, all of the stones? Because um, the, that's those are, those are MacGuffins. <laughs> MacGuffins get to their destination in every story that they're in. Well, the, the thing for me was like, even if he was like faking it, I'm surprised there wasn't like more of like some kind of fight scene because I thought Thanos was supposed to be this big, all powerful badass, but Gamora's just like, nope, I take you down because I'm fast, I guess. Um, and she tries to use her fact that she's his daughter to her advantage. And it is, I think, one of the good parts of this movie is it's clearly established that Thanos does care about her as a daughter. And yes. It, and cares about her so much that it's crucial to his um, achieving the feat of getting all the, sun, <laughs> the, yeah. the Infinity Stones. It, the it, the it, plan literally hinges on his love for Gamora. 
Granted, he doesn't know that's going to be a requirement, but it, she is very conveniently with him later uh, right. when he gets the soul stone. So, Right. Uh, he even <laughs> goes out of his way later to mention that uh, the thing that he'd been trying to do this whole time, this making sure that uh, we periodically kill off half of the population once the population gets to a certain point, he literally explains to her after going off on him about, you know, how he took her when she was a child. She's hated him all this time. In the end, like he thought that if he couldn't achieve this, that one day he would have her do it. Yeah. Continue the mission. Uh, and her original mission in the, the first movie was to f- find a few of the stones. Yeah. Um, and she succeeds in finding the Novacore one and uh, finding a map to the other one, the Soul Stone. So um, Thanos knows this, and it is revealed after his fake death that it's all an illusion. He reveals everything using the Reality Stone. But yeah, the Reality Stone reveals that this is all an illusion. He had actually set a trap knowing that Gamora would come and try to stop him uh, because he knows that she has, if not the stone, the location of the soul stone, uh, which he obviously needs in order to succeed in this mission. Um, And Gamora has made a pact with Peter Quill that he has to kill her um, if she should be captured or something so that she can't reveal the map to him. And she's told no one else the map or anything else. Um, And you might be like, oh, how did that happen? Well, it's revealed later Um, when we go back to uh, his home base there. And we see Nebula has been captured in there and been tortured. And her memory banks have basically been projected like R2-D2. And uh, to reveal that Gamora had told her, you know, that, hey, this is, I know that it's somewhere, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he knows he needs to find Gamora and track her down. Um, Peter Quill, uh, eventually gives in after, um, so Drax gets turned into cubes and Mantis is turned into like still silly living string. cubes yeah. and like silly string, which was Which weird. I'm pretty sure happened to Wolverine in the comic book. I think Wolverine turns into like his bones get turned into rubber or something and he just like falls apart because of the reality stone. Oh, no, that, that's a... That might have happened, but that's reminding me of the the time from the 90s when we decided to take away his adamantium to make him more edgy. No, this was this is when he still had adamantium and stuff. This is in the original Infinity War storybook, okay. I'm pretty sure, because um, everything was corny and ridiculous. But, <laughs> but we could still have Wolverine in, turn, in it. He turns into rub, rubber bones and falls apart. Um, the Mr. Fantastic effect. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's clear to Peter Quill that he can't win and he has the gun aimed at Thanos and Thanos is just kind of fucking with him, you know, like, go ahead, try, blah, 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 blah. Cause he knows. It's like, I heard you wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and so he shoves Gamora's face right into Peter Quill's gun and says, go ahead, kill her, you know, challenging him, saying if he, he would do what he would do, you know? And, um. It's kind of funny because there's, I don't know if you picked up on this, but it was kind of like a meet the parents type of moment, you know, where dad is trying to see what this new boyfriend is all about. And if this boyfriend, oh. 
can, you know, stone up or shut up, you know. And uh, Peter Quill, to Thanos' pleasure, as an approving father, uh, sees that Peter Quill does it. He pulls the trigger after a lot of heart-wrenching moments and blah, blah, blah. And um, bubbles come out, (laughs) thanks to the reality stone. Um, And Thanos makes his comment... I like him, you know, because and if you like read into that a little bit, like I said, it's like the parent checking out his daughter's boyfriend to see what he's worth, you know. Yeah, is this the type of guy my daughter should be with? And you know, is he like me? And yeah, he would sacrifice her for the greater good, just like I am trying to sacrifice half of the population for the greater good, you know. It's like it's a very oh my god. There's a very clear and like awesome kind of analogy displayed there um father daughter (laughs) uh threatened boyfriend type of situation and basically i think uh thanos says well i like him bye peter and just fucking books it out of there with uh gamora and once he leaves all the reality stuff that happened reverses itself and you see that nowhere is this big fucking death pit of fire and flame that he's just destroyed and wrecked and everything's all fucked. The collector is nowhere to be seen. We presume dead. Um, presumed. Although, although he's like a galactic being or whatever, so he's probably not dead, dead. But uh, I will. I'd assume that we'll see him again in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and uh, Drax and Mantis and Peter are left there uh, in anguish and. <laughs> and futility trying to figure out what to do next and they decide that they're gonna go to titan and fucking take him on and try to save gamora um yeah and that leads into the whole throne room scene where we see the flashback of gamora on her home planet where thanos kills half the people there including probably her mother um because she can't find her we're led to assume that the mother was dead that's why she couldn't find her um and Thanos basically takes her in and gives her this little speech about balance and gives her this little fucking jeweled balance spike thing. Um, yeah, it was like a, a, a double-sided switchblade. Yeah. So we establish that Thanos, this is how he gets the, the whole you know relationship with Gamora, and he likes her because she's like fighting with the guards, trying to find her mom and stuff. You know, even though she's a little kid, way out of her element and everything else. Yeah. So uh, it starts to build on that little depth that uh, they wanted to give Gamora there, uh, and Thanos. Uh, and it's revealed that again, Nebula's been captured and trapped because she tried to kill him, and as he said, almost succeeded. So. Gotta give your props to Nebula. She almost fucking killed Thanos. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Um, fortunately, like many things, it happened off screen, so we don't know how it <laughs> happened or how she did it, but that would have been pretty cool to see, maybe like at the beginning of the movie or something. But yeah. Um, it's revealed that Nebula's there. She's been tortured, and Thanos and uh, Gamora have their discussions about her upbringing and all this stuff. The typical mom, you know, child parent thing oh you didn't raise me right oh i raised you the way i thought you should be raised well you know that <laughs> that sort of dynamic which is kind of funny yeah. uh, even though it's very weighty and serious in the moment um and then thanos uh, i guess he likes gamora but fuck nebula uh he tortures the shit out of her and uh in front of gamora trying to get her to reveal the location of the map and after a certain amount of time and torture she finally gives up the location and he goes, okay, show me. And they go off on their subplot to go find the soul stone. 
Right. I'm going to go ahead and go to the Titan scene where uh, Iron Man and everybody shows up. Yeah. So Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man, all are <laughs> on their space donut on their Independence Day <laughs> mission, and they can't control the ship completely going into land because it's an alien fucking ship. Um, they try, but they crash land. They land on the planet. Um, there's nothing there. Nobody's there. Seems like everybody's dead. Obviously, they killed the space wizard, so he's not an issue. And um, it seems that uh, Thanos is not there, but they assume because it's his own planet and his home base and everything that he'll be back. So uh, they start hatching a plan. Conveniently, this planet has oxygen. <laughs> Conveniently. Because uh, they take off their helmets so they can speak face-to-face. Um, nanomachines. Nanomachines every time. They create oxygen. <laughs> nanomachines. <laughs> um, but they have a conversation where they try to think of some kind of plan, and they have some fun kind of uh, story between them. Uh and they run into the Guardians of the Galaxy who ambush them. Right. Uh, thinking that they're Thanos' subjects, apparently. So the Guardians go in, and we have a kind of cool scene that I really enjoyed where Peter Quill and Iron Man are fighting it out. I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Basically, you get yeah. to a Mexican standoff where everybody has a hostage, and they're all threatening each other until, obviously, the intelligent people in the room, Tony Stark and... Uh, Doctor Strange established that, hey, we're fighting the same people. We're from fucking Earth, you moron. Uh, <laughs> do we look like people that would be subjects to fucking Thanos? And um, yeah, they realize they're on the same team and decide to team up. And we get some really fun banter where the Doctor Strange and Iron Man are just like, you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is pretty fun. Uh, they go through that. And they start hatching their plan together again. Star-Lord getting shit on by everybody. Ooh, uh, says he's got happening. A, makes a joke that he has a better plan and blah, blah, blah. And then Tony's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they start hatching their plan, planning how they're going to take care of Thanos when he arrives. And uh, Doctor Strange takes the opportunity to experiment with the Time Stone. And he uses the Time Stone to kind of fast forward into the future and try literally over a million scenarios to achieve a final victory, a lasting victory of some sort. And he says, he comes back uh, and Tony asks him, you know, what were you doing? He explains it and he goes, well, how many did we win? And he goes, one out of a a million and something scenarios. I'm pretty sure it was like 14 million and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah, rest it, was, of the it was some large number. Okay, that's mm. all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. An um, absurdly large number. And out of that many times, only one means that they survive. And also, I don't understand how he tracks how many. Like, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't remember that many. <laughs> but, you know, to each Magic. their own. Magic. their own. Um, but he says there's only one way that we can execute this and possibly win. And from that point forward, you, it's pretty much established that something big is going to happen. And Dr. Strange knows it, but he's obviously not going to divulge everything. Cause he has to make sure everybody does what they would have done. You know, assuming all things being equal, nothing else changed, you know? Um, so that adds a really cool dynamic and it sets up for a premise that even if it seems final, it may not be final because there's still a chance because Doctor Strange set the one 
opportunity in motion. I thought that was really fun and really clever. And I, once they showed him like meditating in the corner, I knew exactly what they were doing. I'm like, he's he's going in the future. I know it. <laughs> he's testing scenarios and running simulations. I mean, he had the time stone. What the, what the hell else was he going to do with that? Maybe just go to where the stones used to be and reverse time and gather them all. I don't know. Maybe go to the forge, reverse time, and uh, just uh, take it away so he never makes the fucking gauntlet. Uh, we need to have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> there are solutions here. He, um, you are trying to come up with easy solutions. That's the problem with time shenanigans. There's always some kind of very obvious answer to everything that is completely <laughs> ignored because otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. Uh, uh, yes. This is true in every kind of time simulated movie. Um, You're not wrong. But it's more entertaining this way. So this is the way we got um again i don't understand why he didn't just open a portal take off his arm like he did the fucking you know minion uh with the gauntlet inside and just put it in a pocket dimension like he sent uh i think it was thor or loki he's loki he put loki in a pocket dimension that where he just fell indefinitely just put the fucking arm with the gauntlet in that indefinite loop we need a movie problem solved (laughs) um but apparently that was one scenario that wouldn't work. Or it was one of several million scenarios that he didn't think of. Because uh, <laughs> we need a movie. But um, again, minor gripes. Brain in the backseat for a moment. Enjoyed it still. Um, but basically they hatched this plan that they're going to ambush him or whatever. And they're going to follow Doctor Strange's projected scenario. However it plays out. And uh, hopefully it works out like Doctor Strange predicts. And that sets the stage for the Thanos showdown on Fingers Titan. crossed. On Titan, which is pretty cool. I really like that Ooh, dynamic. Yeah, I, the Titan fight. I was glad that when they did that. I thought it was really cool. Um, so then we jump back to Wakanda, where we see the assault starting to take place. Um, we see that Wakanda has the big barrier in place, and it, it's preventing all the hordes of you know disposable digital minions. <laughs> the cannon fodder. Um, a lot of them are dying, trying to press themselves through the shield and some of them are breaking through and they start shooting them from behind their little, uh, African shawl shields. Um, which is funny cause at the beginning I was like, are they really just going to fight these fucking things with spears? <laughs> no, a convenient, a fucking gun would be right now that they're in a fatal funnel coming through this shield. And, um, they start shooting them. I was like, hey, <laughs> they took my logical decision. But then they completely shit that out <laughs> later on. Uh, yeah. Um, so the, the little minions start trying to run around the perimeter to come in the other side where there isn't a standing army to shoot them. And they say, well, if, we, if they get around, we're not going to be able to protect the entire dome of Wakanda and they're going to break in and attack Vision from the rear. Um, so they go, well, we got to prevent that. And uh, T'Challa decides that he's going to open a very small portion of the shield. So they stop trying to go around it and start funneling in through that small portion. And that's when everybody more or less says their prayers and (laughs) fucking gets ready to do some dirty work. Um, Yeah, because at this point we're getting into what what is the final battle. Yeah. Um, so he opens the little portal and now this part doesn't make any sense to me, which is kind of consistent with the whole big battle scenes and Black Panther in this movie. Um, 
They stop using the guns. They're still like hundreds of yards away. They stop using the guns and the shields where you could just pack them into a spot and shoot the fuck out of them. And they charge in with their fucking spears. I know why they did that. I know exactly why they did that. Because they wanted to have a race between T'Challa and Captain America? That's one reason. (laughs) (laughs) Which was one of my favorite parts of the film. I loved that scene. Seeing T'Challa running way ahead of everybody and then Captain America fucking booking it up behind (laughs) him to catch (laughs) and runs past him into the fight. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, because we're super soldier dudes, which means we run real fucking fast. But you know who wasn't running that fucking fast? Bucky, who supposedly has his own super soldier serum. Well, that slow-ass motherfucker was way in the back. Uh, uh, Yes, using his limited ammo. (laughs) 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 Fucking Bucky's useless in this movie. I mean, yeah. He's really Uh, useless. uh, uh, (laughs) So basically, they charge into battle. There's some cool battle scenes. We see, like, Black Widow and, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, uh, Baldhead o- Woman, Okoye. Okoye. We see Okoye uh, kicking ass and taking names, um, and then the female minion comes in and starts fucking them up a little bit. Uh, the minions start kind of overrunning them a little bit uh, down the road there. Um, Hulkbuster doing his thing. War Machine fucking laying waste, man. Oh, he, he did fucking carpet bombing. Yeah, he was <laughs> fucking <laughs> making it Vietnam out there. Um, <laughs> fucking. Half expecting fortunate sun to start yeah, playing. Dumping Agent Orange on all it's the like, fucking minions. Ah! Like, God damn, man. What's ah! in that suit? <laughs> Someone's a little bitter. Oh, my God. Uh, Falcon flying in with his fucking wings and also having limited ammo. Going, you know, War Machine is a fucking like, monstrous war tank. Um, Falcon has some machine guns. Falcon's a bird. He's a belt-fed machine gun, and Bucky has a magazine-fed saw. It takes drums. It takes belts. If you're going to give him a stupid weapon in this futuristic society and a fucking useless arm, (laughs) you couldn't even give him a drum. Uh, That's just military grapes. Um, Senseless stuff. I mean, I'm sure they could have given him one of those uh, sonic cannon spear things that they have. Yeah. But... uh, that that would be cultural appropriation. Oh God! And we're not about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the ballsiest move of them all. Ooh. Made fun of little people, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, can can I have one of those? No. <laughs> so yeah, they charge into battle. They're fighting all the the fucking cannon fodder. Uh, female minion comes in, starts wrecking shop. Um, the the big brute is there, uh, wrecking shop, doing his thing, and um, it flashes over to um, Vision and uh, his sister, T'Challa's sister, and uh, the assassin gremlin-looking goblin minion. Kind of looks like a scroll, to be honest. He does, kind of. He looked a lot like a scroll. Uh, he comes in, starts killing all the bodyguards or whatever, and... Um, Basically, Vision and the goblin guy are smashed through the window and fall down. Uh, the sister, um, I don't know if we see or hear from her again after the big death event, but um, she could be dead. She could be alive. Probably alive because they want to make more movies. But uh, Yeah. Um, 
it's highly unlikely that she's dead, but we honestly don't know. Yeah, that's basically where the last time we see her, uh, she fails to separate the stone from his head uh, before they get attacked and he's thrown out the window or whatever. And then there's like a sub area of just like forest where some more more one-on-one battles start to happen. Um, <clears throat> but things look pretty dire at that point. And... Um, uh, we flash over to the kind of ambush scene about then, right? On Titan? Yes. So on Titan, Thanos shows up. He's on the planet. Tony Stark, um, I think, starts things, right? He basically smashes a big tower on his head. Uh, he does that right after Doctor Strange is That's basically right. baiting him yeah. into like coming for the stone. Doctor Strange baits him into some conversation, talking, Oh, I'm the sorcerer supreme, you shouldn't have challenged me, blah blah blah, you know, doing his thing and then um does something really stupid, which he says we <laughs> which gives hey, Thanos a head start and embracing himself. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when Tony Stark smashes the tower on his head and then everybody comes in and starts going to work. And basically they're the whole protocol seems to be like try to pin the arm down, cover up the stones with webbing or your nano machines or your your magic, you know, from Doctor Strange. Because the, uh, the stones totally need air yeah. or to be able to see. Or throw some grenades at him so he's distracted <laughs> and blinded or whatever you got to do to try to get him, prevent him from being able to use the, the, the stones. So it's more or less a brawl with like preventative measures on the stones. Um, it was very cool. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, it had a again, lot of team-ups going on in there. Again, could yeah. have just stopped things altogether if you just arm gone. <laughs> again, we need a movie. <laughs> yeah, we need a movie. <laughs> That's what... That is real Hollywood yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Uh, I am the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Have you ever danced in the Pale Sanctum Centaurum? <laughs> I have. Oh, hi, Tony. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so they ambush uh, Thanos. They try to keep the glove off. They finally restrain him. They have Mantis on him, kind of putting him in a trance temporarily. Um, while Peter and Tony are trying to yank the damn glove off his arm and they're getting pretty close and Peter Quill starts asking him questions trying, cause he wants to find Gamora, obviously, who is, <sighs> we forgot to talk about that scene, didn't we? Ooh, let's maybe spoiler for our review. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler. So we're going to use the Eye of Agamotto to go back in time a little bit. I knew we were going to mix something up. Um, so prior to this is the scene where Thanos goes to where the map led Gamora uh, to this little mountain top on this weird planet. They go up to the top and there's this ghastly figure up in front of them. Um, and the ghastly figure is soon revealed to be this kind of weird, like, spiritual form of Red Skull, who has been ordained by the Infinity Stones as the protector and guide for the Soul Stone. 
Yeah, and this was quite the reveal. This was, was like, not only was it a deep cut, but it was <laughs> very random. It, yeah. It's like of all the things we could have uh, highlighted, let's go all the way back to Captain America First Avenger and figure out what the hell happened to Red Skull after he oh, basically so that's like that's where he went. Yeah, this, like he did this weird like I'm being pulled into space type deal. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's <laughs> 10 years later, which <laughs> makes me wonder that now he knows that all these like supernatural beings exist and all of these space aliens exist does he still believe that aryans are the master race yes (laughs) (laughs) do not question his genius (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of evidence to the contary out there Uh, just thought i'd point that out maybe maybe the big purple guy who is basically a god will convince him otherwise but then again maybe the nigh invulnerable raiding god blue-eyed and blonde-haired oh excuse me blue-eyed blonde-haired the aryan archetype and thor right see maybe is contrary to this now (laughs) um (laughs) yeah here's the thing with that (laughs) there are aliens that are very powerful it is hard for me to reorganize my conf in the database when the aliens are threatening to destroy our planet for our inferiority. Ooh. Yeah, about that. <laughs> so yeah, uh Red Skull leads Thanos and Gamora to this platform where he explains that the Soul Stone, in order for its power to be fully understood, demands a sacrifice to be revealed. Uh, to the person p- trying to possess it. And he says that, essentially, in order to possess it, you must sacrifice somebody you love so you understand what is the core power of the Soul Stone, which I'm guessing is just to remove life. Um, yeah. So, uh, in this moment of kind of plot convenience, but also kind of interesting because it adds more of a dynamic to Thanos because now not only now you have concrete proof that he isn't completely the monster you think he is uh maybe a little crazy maybe he has a terrible plan uh (laughs) but he does love somebody and that would be his adopted daughter he does have loving feelings for because if he didn't it wouldn't have worked um and you see him kind of hesitate and cry, and he finally comes to terms with it, drags her to the ledge, and throws her over to her death. This is actually the point in which I had a bit of a minor gripe. Do tell. Uh, <clears throat> so, according to Zared Skull, uh, in order to... Uh, nine. <laughs> in order to activate the soul stone, uh, the soul stone requires sacrifice, and f- for that sacrifice to be like you give, yeah, for that sacrifice to be like giving over someone that you love, and then turning around over to Gamora and just saying like. 
Uh, yeah, it's gonna be you. <laughs> like you're you're the one. You're the only one. Uh, which <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where like. <laughs> Throughout this movie, uh, obvious death flags are obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I had that same feeling. The worst part was when she goes on this big long rant about how he's now being punished because he loves nobody because he's a monster. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, could it not be any more clear? It is. It was almost as awkward as Han Solo walking onto the platform. And um, so in Force Awakens, when Han Solo's walking on the big fucking <laughs> slender platform towards Kylo Ren over this big pit, which is always a sign that somebody important's about to die. Oh, and there's yeah. There's a big pit to dispose of the body. Someone's going to die. And uh, it was that obvious and conveniently had a devil's anus <laughs> to dump the body. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> While I understand the route that they went, I it just the gripe that I had with the soul stone is like relies completely on you feeling like this is the case, yeah, as opposed to whether or not like it really was the case, sure. Uh, it just seemed like of all the convenient things that happened in this movie, of which there were a few, <laughs> this one seemed the most convenient. Yeah. And I think uh, another part of this gripe is that this was the perfect place to insert Adam Warlock, and we didn't. Yeah, more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of all the scenes, that one seemed like the most unnecessary. Yeah. Because up to this point, we didn't have a concrete location or position of the Soul Stone. And we really didn't have to add the whole Red Skull subplot. We didn't really have to add the whole you know, subplot. Of, I mean, it added a little depth, which I, I did appreciate, especially later in the movie. Um, uh, after the big climax. But... Yeah, it was very, very, very convenient that she happened to be there with him and that she, you know, he insisted that she guide him, even though he had the map. Uh, and she told him exactly where to go, even though she knows he can't trust her, you know. Uh, just, yeah. It was very convenient for sure. Um, but I think when it was done, uh, you know, my brain took its place in the backseat, like many other conveniences in this movie, and I didn't. I don't think I hate it as much as I want to. <laughs> um, so it didn't really bother me quite as much, but it, I did have a gripe there. It did pull me out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think if they hadn't drug it on so long and had her just rant and rant and rave the whole time, I think if he had just like shed the tear and done it, then I would have, you know... Like bought the, it a little bit more. The one instance in which we have a hero get caught monologuing. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, it was really unnecessary. But I believe that was the first casualty we had on the hero side. I, I think it might have been, yeah. I think Gamora is the first casualty of the Infinity War. Yeah. For uh, the heroes. Wow. Gamora was the first. The first to fall. Uh, 
So now, fast forward back to where we were. Uh, and the ambush scene on Titan. Uh, they finally get him restrained. Peter Quill starts grilling him for some reason. Which This is another thing that was convenient, but I thought completely unnecessary. Uh, especially when you have a guy that can shoot webbing and restrain somebody very easily, very quickly, right next to him. But um, basically, Peter and Tony are trying to get this glove off. For some reason, it's held on with fucking stucco. <laughs> um, and while Mantis calms him and Drax kind of has a knife at his throat, and uh, Peter Quill starts ranting and raving and blah, 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 and <laughs> finds out that he killed Gamora. Uh, and then starts punching him, but you know, out of anger. But when he starts punching him, he starts hitting Mantis's hands <laughs> and knocks her off, so she can't like restrain him anymore. He gets free and starts fucking wrecking house and uh, really using the the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, they still get a few more chances to try to restrain him. Like Doctor Strange uses this ridiculous like uh, multi-layer thing where he goes all around him, and then Thanos uses the in- the power stone to send a shock wave and get rid of them all. And then he does this weird, like magic lasso thing where he's got a million like lassos, like pulling him back and restraining him. Tony gets some, a few good hits in there. Uh, Spider-Man does his thing. Drax just kind of gets his ass kicked. <laughs> uh, Star-Lord yeah, just kind of gets his ass kicked. Mantis just stays away. <laughs> um, but the, there's some more really cool fighting scenes that I really loved, and I, I liked a lot of the dynamics. Again, again, putting Brain in the backseat because Doctor Strange could just open a portal, cut off your limbs, and it's over. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we still plot, need a movie. Convenient <laughs> plot devices aside, um, it, it was really fun and exciting, and it basically crescendos with uh, everybody pretty much taken down uh tony's nanomachines can't keep up with the amount of damage he's taking on himself uh everybody's pretty much incapacitated um including the cape (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, that poor cape of the cloak of levitation yeah uh tony gets a nice moment because he actually you know gets a real good hit on him and makes him bleed you know, for all for that for one drop of blood, which <laughs> wouldn't have happened if you wore your fucking helmet, you stupid <laughs> CG purple scrotum. Uh, but uh, minor gripes again. Um, but yeah, that was kind of cool. So Tony gets his moment to shine, and then you get like a real like palpable moment when he stabs Tony. And I, yeah, when this happens, I'm like, they did it. They had the balls. They finally did it. They're out of his contract. No more $40 million a movie. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is dead. And they went for the first movie guy. The the one who started it all here. Yeah. Officially. You know, at least the one that's still around. <laughs> How bold. So uh, I thought they were going to stick with it. And I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, and basically, Doctor Strange executes the second part of the plan that only he knows, obviously, because he's the only one who ran through the time simulations. Right. And he offers up the time stone as a means to save Tony Stark's life. He says, basically, if you spare him, I'll give you the time stone. And Tony, you know, is dying. He's bleeding out his mouth and out of his core and stuff. 
And uh, he says, no, don't, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, Doctor Strange knows this is the only way that things work out completely. You know, maybe if he did open a pocket dimension, cut off his arms or whatever, somehow he'd get to it. I don't know. Um, right. Uh, in the distant future. But uh, Doctor Strange has played this all out, and he says he just... He has to do it, which, and I thought this was a great moment because he had established after the saving scene from Space Wizard that um, he was going to prioritize the stone over everything else. He wasn't going to release the charm from it so Thanos could, you know, take it. Um, he was going to do everything in his power to make sure Thanos could not touch that stone. But it must have been there must have been some kind of way in those scenarios that he got a hold of that stone. So. Um, it was really cool to see him knowingly sacrifice himself. Uh, you know, maybe he didn't know Peter was going to be gone because of uh, how things worked out. But um, he knew he was sacrificing himself in order to save Tony and give Tony the chance to save everybody, I think, um, because clearly there was no other way. Uh, I thought that was a really cool character moment for Doctor Strange and uh, kind of a selfless moment uh, where he actually <laughs> went against everything he had declared so stubbornly. And uh, It's a character moment. It's a really cool character moment where you get to see him like, I know I said something really fucking dickish earlier today because I, I think I kind of hate you, but... <laughs> <sighs> Damn it! Don't kill him. <laughs> I have I have one gripe about those their dynamic though. They never commented on each other's goatees. We saved that for movie two, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I believe was a step and sagic thing. Um, Sounds legit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, like you were saying, it was it was a really cool character moment, and uh, I thought it added a lot of gravitas to that scene that otherwise had a lot of conveniences you know which i acknowledge but it was fun to watch yes um, it was very very fun to watch so thanos basically succeeds and before he can get attacked more he just mitigates risk books it out of there uh leaving tony stark alive uh as the deal ordained and tony uses his nano machines to magically heal his internal organs Nano machines. Whatever. <laughs> Another convenient plot point. He but. has to keep himself together. He's literally the only one. Yeah. The thing is, he like sutures the the cut or whatever after being impaled. Um, <laughs> where they clearly illustrated he has internal bleeding with the spewing the blood out of the mouth, <laughs> but uh, apparently just suturing it with nano machines. <laughs> Stops the internal bleeding. I'm sure it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody patch me up. <sighs> Seemed very convenient, that's it, all. It it hurts to snark. <laughs> but basically, Tony looks at Doctor Strange, uh, knowing that it, it was the only option, knowing that this, is, this had to happen in <laughs> Doctor Strange's one scenario, but still not quite wanting to accept it, you know, and he looks at him like, why, did, why would you ever do that? He goes. It's the only thing way we. <laughs> it's the only way we can win, and um, it was a really heartfelt moment. And there you see, you know, Peter Quill kind of just beating himself up, and you know the other <laughs> guardians that are there just kind of down and out in defeat, you know, and they all just kind of collapse, you know. 
obviously from exhaustion and getting their ass beat, but also uh, from <laughs> yeah. the, the collective horror they may have just unleashed on everybody. Ooh. And so that brings us to uh, the big crescendo. Uh, the, the Avengers are being a little bit overwhelmed by the forces, and who shows up? None other than Thor. I really yeah. wish they. That's the one thing I wanted from Thor Ragnarok <laughs> to be in this movie. I want every time he was in a big fight scene, I wanted him to have that music coming in. It's the, the only thing that movie got right <laughs> when he came in and blasted fucking everybody with lightning, <laughs> and when he fucking hit Thanos with that axe. Ugh, those both should have been. You know, immigrant song, Led Zeppelin moments. Easily. As the axe is cascading towards him. Um, so basically, Thor comes in, wrecks shop. Absolutely wrecks shop. Um, Scarlet Witch abandoned her post earlier to uh, save a, f- a few of the the Avengers from being impaled by these big death machines, these rotating mulchers, basically. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> then they make a funny comment nuts. about why wasn't she down here from the beginning? Because uh, <laughs> she's clearly the most powerful of them. It, right. Um, but that was that was a pretty funny scene. But Thor comes in, starts wrecking shop. Um, meanwhile, Vision is down those woods after being attacked by the assassin minion uh, and uh, Hulkbuster fighting the big, gaudy, you know, brawler minion um again hulk not cooperating saying no when he tries to pull him out in emergency situations come on he says to himself so ruffalo (laughs) improvises and attaches the the brawler minion to his glove and shoots the glove up into the shield and basically (laughs) bounces him through the shield with the rocket glove until he's bloody matter um and then the that rocket hand explodes yeah um, Scarlet Witch uses one of the mulchers to kill the female minion who's tossed into the air and then her blue blood is splattered all over <sighs> the Lady Avengers there. I think there is just, a, again, minor gripe did not affect my enjoyment of the movie. I think in those fight scenes, especially when um, I think Black Panther and Captain America have a moment to say some lines in the middle of the fight or they say some humorous lines, I'm like, you're in the middle of the battle for the universe and you're surrounded by your like allies getting murdered by these minions, and you're taking a moment to just joke with each other and the battlefield, and A, nobody's attacking you in these line deliveries, and B, you're just gonna ignore all these fucking people murdering you guys for a few minutes while you make some jokes. Yes. I thought it was a little convenient and a little silly, but... Avengers Infinity War, we do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to remind you that we're cool. Yeah, yes, in case, you know, us killing aliens this whole time wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> so Thor shows up, blasts a bunch of people. Groot starts killing a bunch of people. Rocket raccoons there. Uh, again, they show up by way of the Bifrost through Thor's new weapon. Um, uh, we should mention that Thor got his new eye thanks to... Rocket Raccoon, right. who had stolen a cybernetic eye, uh, probably from Cave Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Thor Odinson has an interstellar, I mean, cybernetic eye. <laughs> the original one was cybernetic eye. That's true. The new one is interstellar. Right. So both are correct. <laughs> both are correct. <laughs> so um, they show up, start wrecking shop, mostly Thor. Um, 
in the woods. Uh, the vision is again impaled. <laughs> uh, that everybody just likes getting impaled in this movie. Um, you just stab straight through with some big. Yeah, but up to this point, only Gamora has died on the the Allies side. Besides, you know, henchmen and stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, Wakandans and um, Wanda is finally told by uh, Vision, you know, now's the time we got to do it or whatever. After he impales the other minion who is attacking her, I believe. Right, he's he's about to kill Scarlet Witch, and he impales, yeah, the the assassin minion from behind, because he's tired of getting run through, guys. <laughs> Much like he was impaled in uh, Scotland, there. It's like quit stabbing me. <laughs> <laughs> I may be a robot, but it hurts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty. Pretty touching moment. They have their moment. Uh, Vision's clearly damaged. I think it's, very, again, very convenient through this entire movie that he forgets he has this fucking head laser from Age of Ultron, which would have killed pretty much each of the uh, people that attacked him throughout this movie, especially the one that impaled him and was standing right here in front of him, trying to pry it out of his head. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess he doesn't have the head laser power anymore. I, I think there might have been some kind of disconnect with, you know, the operation actually meant to physically disconnect <laughs> from that. Um, with that said, yeah, it was still on his head. He should have still, still there been in a- Scotland. Yeah. They pried it off yet. Yeah. They, they still should no excuse in Scotland. He still should have been able to use it. Yep. Use it or lose it, pal. Apparently and you lost it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, that's when the big bad finally shows up. Thanos shows up just when everybody's starting to f- feel like we can win this, you know, and uh, everybody feels it. Uh, everybody just all in goes and assaults him, trying to stop him uh, from getting Vision Stone before uh, uh, Scarlet Witch can destroy it uh, using her powers. Uh, I mean, th- it was cool seeing everybody do their thing, trying to get to Thanos. But again, Thanos has all but one of the stones at this point, and he is just not going to deal with your shit. It's not even a little. I mean, it was... I, I think the the biggest uh, scene or the biggest uh, exchange in that whole let's throw all of the heroes against him yeah. was uh, Captain America... Like showing up and like getting maybe like one or two hits in, but then it just comes down to Thanos just like crushing him or like attempting to crush him. And Steve's just going like, see, that's the one thing that pulled me out of that scene just a little bit because they completely did it for the comic book callback. Uh, yeah, because it's an iconic scene where Captain America stands up to him, s- somehow succeeds in getting a punch on him and holding his glove back, you know, from this Titan with all the Infinity Infinity Stones before he ultimately gets fucking wrecked. Um, and that's what happens. <laughs> like he he holds him. He like he uses his two hands to hold his one for a second. For a second, and then. He just gets decked yeah. straight into the ground, yeah, so, like he's nothing. Um, I like that. I was like, okay, I know it's fan servicey, but like every other interaction, including his own prior interactions in this fight scene, 
he just used the power stone to blast everybody away. And for some reason, this one, he's like, I'll let him get some punches in and push him back. (laughs) It was completely unnecessary. It's like, there's something about this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's Chris Evans. I kind of have to make a big deal of this one. But yeah, everybody's in on it except for Thor at this point. I mean, uh, Rhodey blasts him with a bunch of stuff, doesn't do anything because he just blasts him away. Uh, Falcon blasts him with his little machine guns, doesn't do anything, blasts him away. Uh, Hulk and his uh, you know, Hulkbuster armor tries to do some stuff, but his arm's missing and he can't really do fucking anything. Uh, I think Rocket sends some munitions his way, doesn't do anything. Groot tries to attack him, and he throws Groot off like it's nothing. Um, uh, it, really, everybody, I, I guess Black Widow probably did some stuff. I guess Bucky probably shot some stuff at him. I don't remember seeing it. I don't think it, yeah, <laughs> they would have done much anyway. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure for them, like the the stones were used to toss them to the side. Yeah. So everybody is in on it, trying to delight him so uh, Scarlet Witch can destroy the stone. And uh, even Scarlet Witch herself is trying to push him back with her other arm, trying to (laughs) push him back while she murders her boyfriend to destroy the stone. Oh, yeah. Which is a pretty cool moment, like a pretty heartfelt, heavy moment. And um, she succeeds they delay him just enough for him to or for her to destroy the stone right in front of him and um you think wow they they managed it there's a big explosion um and vision is just blasted to nothing um and thanos goes oh that's cute <laughs> And uses the time stone to reverse time back to before she had blown up the stone and then commences smacking her out of the way, taking the stone out of his head. Violently. Violently. Busting his head into pieces and leaving him inoperable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He turns gray and dies, um, which is our second casualty of the Infinity War. Um, yeah, surprisingly it took this long, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> second casualty of the infinity war is vision. Um, and he equips the stone. Everybody's like, fuck. And he just, anybody that charges at him, he blasts him away one more time, uh, has some words with, uh, Scarlet, Witch. you know, Oh, I understand blah, blah, blah. What it means to lose a loved one, blah, 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 you know? And I think he kind of is reminded of his of Gamora because of the red hair and stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> as he leans down and touches her on the head when she's not facing him, which makes me think he's seeing Gamora on the ground, maybe having a little bit of guilt in his conscience, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's when Immigrant Song comes in. And Thor in full Raiden mode throws the Stormbreaker at him while Thanos blasts it with... Basically, all the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and he basically uh, pulls a Kratos <laughs> and impales Thanos, all the Infinity Stones intact, and hits him right here in the chest with the, 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 the weapon that is ordained to kill him. Yeah. And... He flies in in a full rage, you know, full lightning effect uh, inbound and starts pressing it into him, trying to kill him. And Thanos, amidst all the suffering and the potential <laughs> death woes, 
leans down and grumbles and you know thor's like ah this is what you deserve blah 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 yeah that, that sort of thing revenge speak typical revenge speak of course and again thor is way op in this movie <laughs> like uh how is he not killing thanos uh thanos has basically had his heart chopped in half assuming he has a heart in a similar <laughs> place it's, yeah but, um he says a good line that I was thinking before he said it, and uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, you should have aimed for the head. And then oh. that's when he snaps his fingers, and you get the the kind of quick explosion. The glove looks like it's been damaged, um, and he goes into a portal, seemingly healed um, at that immediate moment, and he's gone. And everybody's standing there like, what the fuck just happened? You know, Thor just fucking wrecked shop and Thanos just booked it out of here with all the stones. What just happened? And that's when the key moment of true baldom, (laughs) the heaviest balls are placed on the table for all to see. The balls got biggest here. This moment was, it's pretty incredible because in the audience we were in, just seconds prior, people were noisy and whoa, you know, and kind of really getting into it. Not a fucking word was spoken Ooh. when this happens after he snaps his fingers. As you realize, Thanos has succeeded, and it cuts to one by one Avengers and a bunch of the people and the armies and um, several. <laughs> uh, I'd say about half <laughs> of the people <clears throat> basically turning into fucking dust and no music or anything. The first one to go is Bucky. Buc- oh, Bucky yeah. stumbles forward to captain as he's trying to pick himself up off the ground. And he goes, uh, I think something's wrong. And that's when his arm starts to dissipate and all, <clears throat> all Bucky just crumbles into ash and collapses Ooh. on the ground. And I was like, fuck and captain america's <laughs> running over bucky you know um and one by one people start dropping um i don't remember the proper order after bucky but you know uh bucky starts to fade away uh scarlet witch starts to fade away one, falcon starts to fade away one of the um, most controversial uh things that could have happened in this movie was Black Panther Black, starts. Of all people, Black Panther <laughs> fades away in their, the ash. Their new cash cow, I would think, at mm-hmm. this point. They killed him. The benevolent king himself is dead. Falcon's gone. Bucky's gone. Uh, the one that's probably most confusing to me is uh, Groot. Because I thought the whole premise of this was that he was eliminating half of every sentient species in the universe, basically. And up to this point, I thought it had been at least said that uh, Groot was the last of his species. And if you go by the thought process that if you are the last of a certain species, he didn't eliminate you because Rocket Raccoon doesn't go anywhere. Um, I think that opens up the question, uh, why are you guys giving me a reason to go back and watch Guardians of the Galaxy? The first movie, just to check whether or not he was stated I'm to be I'm pretty sure they the said it, because Rocket Raccoon talks about how he's the only one left, mm. and that he 
saved him basically because he felt connected to him because he is one of a kind himself. The fact that I don't remember that just uh, goes to show you that one, I don't pay nearly as much attention as I thought. <laughs> Two, wow, guys, like either you guys really fucked up on the uh, killing off the half of everything, or there's, there's another more, Groot, or there's another Groot. Yeah, there's got to be. So um, I, I, that was just my thought process because you know Thor is the last Asgardian that we know of, um, and he's alive. Uh, obviously, Rocket Raccoon is one of a kind, and he's alive. Um, but Groot, for some reason, is one of the people that is killed uh, on the team. Um, obviously, a ton of minions are, are dead there. Is anybody else dead on that battlefield? I think the key important thing is that the original Avengers all live. Uh, again, missing in action with Hawkeye, so who knows if he's alive or not. Probably alive. Probably. Um, to complete the cast, but uh, everybody but those guys is pretty much dead except for War Machine and some of the Wakandan characters like the Hillbilly and uh, <laughs> Bald Woman. Um, uh, I can't pronounce her name. What, what is Okoye. it? Okoye. I can't remember. You've said it so many times, I still can't remember it. I know it starts with O, and that's all I know. It's, uh, Let me show you enough. my O face. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, goy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we don't see the sister, I don't believe. Well, I'll, I'll confirm when I see it again. But I don't believe we see the sister, so we ha- we don't know if she's dead or alive. I assume alive, but... Um, I think it's a safe assumption. I've been wrong before. But then again, they killed Valkyrie off screen. Because she was on the, the ship, the, you know... Yeah, the, the the ship leaving Asgard with them, and uh, unless she died at the end of Ragnarok, but I don't think she does. I'm pretty no, sure. No, she lives at the end of Ragnarok. Yeah. It's just that you know, so, I don't think anyone but Thor survives staying on that ship. So his. that's kind of disappointing that Valkyrie was killed off screen. She Ooh. was one of the cooler characters in Ragnarok, I think. I think probably the most likable too. Maybe she could escort all of them to Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But that's kind of disappointing. But maybe, oh, maybe the sister got killed off screen too. Who knows? Maybe Hawkeye. Didn't. Oh, <laughs> Hawkeye no. got killed off screen. Who oh, knows? No. <laughs> um, uh, but those are the big ones. Then it cuts to um, the the Titan faction, and it has a really heart wrenching moment where um, you see Drax start disappearing. Mantis disappears. Peter Quill disappears. That that Ooh, I, yeah, that was bold. That one was another bold one on that end. And um the most heart-wrenching of all, Peter Parker disappears. <gasps> and once again, <laughs> once again, just like Spider-Man Homecoming, has that visceral moment where he reminds me that he's just a kid and suffering the consequences of stepping up to the plate with his abilities and stuff. And uh, has that he has the most effective death squeal because <laughs> he does it both in this movie and in Spider-Man: Homecoming when he's under the rubble. Yeah, and, oh, fuck! Like <laughs> every maternal paternal instinct that a human being can have is activated by that squeal. It's and something just, that Tom Holland does that just yeah. makes you. F- 
immediately think that he is a helpless child. Yeah. And again, theater is dead silent. Everyone, when somebody somebody likes, like group dies, you know, you hear a few girls go, no, right, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. But overall, well, it's fucking, fucking Peter, quiet. Peter Parker dying, yeah. just like everyone, like silent. And Tony's holding him in his arms as he fucking turns to ash. Uh, feeling like it's his fault, you know, because he failed. Um, it was just so visceral. And then the final candle on the cake, you see Doctor Strange saying, it was our only chance. This is, tr- believe me, it was the only way. And then he t- he turns, th- he starts turning to ash and you see his skull and he's he's gone too. And Tony is left there. With Nebula. <laughs> I forgot to mention Nebula comes to help out in the middle of the fight. She flies a ship into Thanos' face and uh that she does. Helps pin him down. Uh, so cause she breaks out early from her captivity and goes to Titan to try to kill him again. So you're left on the Titan planet with none of the guardians that were with him. Spider Man dead, Doctor Strange dead. Tony, Nebula, and maybe the cape. <laughs> maybe the cape. I don't remember if the cape was included in the death, but uh, maybe magic carpet cape will uh, be there with him. Oh, please let it still be there. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. If the, the next Avengers movie sets it up <laughs> so Tony, Nebula, and, and the, the cape. space cape <laughs> are trying to figure out a way to save everybody, that would be amazing. It would. I'd be so down for that. And apparently, you know, Tony's suit is fucking destroyed. You know, his glove still works to do the nano machine stuff, but maybe he can repair it. <laughs> Convenient. Um, but uh, Tony and Nebula are pretty much trapped there because Nebula smashed her ship, driving it into Thanos. Yeah. And uh, they smashed their ship, their Halo <laughs> donut, space donut, um, crashing it into the planet, trying to land. Maybe the Guardian's ship is still there somewhere. Uh, Maybe. So they could probably use the Guardian's spaceship, but they're more or less trapped there with Tony dealing with the anguish of what just happened. His vision more or less came true. Um, granted, in the vision, the original Avengers are all dead, not the other ones. Um, right. So basically, Doctor Strange has set into motion the one possibility of of a, a a good outcome for everybody involved and i mean everybody's rocked by this and they again one of the ballsiest fucking things they could have done they cut to thanos on his home planet it looks like oh yeah, yeah it looks like he's used the reality stone or something to basically rebuild his planet and the vegetation's back and he sits there and he contemplates um, he had, he had just had that vision right after he snapped his fingers where he was in the, the weird seeing pool and Gamora as a child is up in front of him and he goes and talks to her. I thought at first it was going to be lady death. And I was like, fuck, they're bringing this fucking narrative back. <laughs> but thankfully it was just like Gamora and some kind of weird soul stone vision. Yeah. And basically asking, is this everything you wanted? And he's just like, I don't know. You know, it's, I think it shows kind of a reflection. Like he had doubts at the end of the movie and they just cut the movie there. And I thought that was the ballsiest fucking thing they could have done. They don't give you any kind of like time to mourn or anything. Again, no music or anything at that point. Just fucking roll credits. 
And I thought that was so cool and so heavy and so ballsy. Everybody in defeat, um, their friends are gone. Half the population of the universe is gone, including humanity. The bad guy fucking won this time. Yeah. It was awesome. It was such a cool ending. And like I expected him to win kind of by the end of this movie because obviously the second one's going to set up the victorious <laughs> second match. Right. I didn't realize the extent he was going to win. <laughs> I didn't realize how far they were going to go, especially with cash cows like Benedict Cumberbatch and um, you know uh, the newly found Black Panther cash cow. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man. After all that oh. shit you went through with Sony... You let Spider-Man die. I was like, fuck. They're dedicated. They they killed all the Guardians of the Galaxy except for Rocket and kind of Nebula. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Which I think gives a good potential for Ravagers to step on in. Now Sylvester Stallone's crew is going to step in and avenge Quill. Right. That is definitely uh, a... A route that they could take yeah. with that. Possibility there. Which would be... Bring the original Guardians in. That would be nuts. That would be really nuts. Oh, my God. But I am 100% down. An Expendables type, like uh, <laughs> Guardians film with Sylvester Stallone leading the cast there. Yeah, that would be so epic. It's like him, Ving Rhames, and I think uh, Michelle Yeoh from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! But uh, there is a line in the fight scene on on Titan that really like went a long way with me, where he says, "You know, I know who you are, Stark. You know, I have the visions too, which clearly illustrates that they have some kind of weird psychic connection." Um, and he says to Tony, uh, "You fought valiantly here today. That you are a man of worth respect." Blah blah blah. He says, when half of humanity is exterminated, I hope the other half remember you. And that's when he stabs him. I thought that was such a cool fucking scene. Oh, like, my God, yeah. He gives the other Avengers some time of day. Like, Peter Quill, he's like, I like him. You know, with Peter Quill, <laughs> um, he kind of has that moment with uh, Captain America. Uh, obviously, Thor fucking... <laughs> almost kills him <laughs> so obviously there's something going on there yeah and uh, that was thor's round two yeah which the entire thing for thor going into that fight was that no one wins a second match against me shit <laughs> <laughs> should have aimed for the head he's like batman you fool <laughs> helmet probably would have helped though Ooh. <laughs> Again with the helmet. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an awesome moment where it just acknowledges, you know, not only Tony's brilliance and determination, but, you know, his stance in all of this, you know, this entire war. Tony might be the one thing that can reverse all of this based on Doctor Strange's actions, based on the fact that he's the one having the visions uh, and the original Avengers. Um, I, I just thought it was really cool and really heavy. And then the credits roll after the Thanos contemplation scene and everybody's fucking gone. And they troll the audience one more time. I fucking loved it. Ooh. They, they set it up perfectly to make you think that there's going to be a, a mid credit scene like there typically is in these movies. After and then, then the logo blows away in the dust. 
more credits. I was like, oh my god, the balls, the balls. And there was an audible, oh, in the crowd. It was so funny. After having been conditioned for 10 years, for them to go and do something like that, it's like, even this movie is so a villain. Evil. Yeah, this movie was just a middle finger at every step to somebody. <laughs> it wasn't a middle finger to everybody at each point, but there's somebody in that audience that was getting a middle finger right in their face, oh, both yeah. literally and figuratively. This is Shout out to Peter Quill for going boom <laughs> and portaling out. With the, yeah, that, that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> but, oh my God. <laughs> the, <laughs> ten years. Ten years. We've been conditioned by Marvel to expect something to come like a little bit like right after like the opening, not the opening credits, but the closing credits start and then you get the title again yeah. and then you get like a little something. And this time it was just like, I get, fuck you. I got to be honest. <laughs> I felt a little bit like Pavlov's dog, you know, <laughs> ring the bell and you start drooling, but you're not getting nothing this time. It's like, but... But, <laughs> but, but, yeah. So where's my Altoid? <laughs> but um, the office reference. Yep. Um, but then we do get our final end credits scene where you see, uh, that Fury is alive with uh, his other agent. I I don't know her name. Uh, Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Um, and you see the beginning of the Infinity War event where he snaps his fingers and you see a helicopter spiraling out of the sky because the, the guy inside is presumably dead. Um, Nick Fury sees a car crash in front of him, which makes them stop their car, and they go to open the door, and it's just a pile of ash. The guy's gone. Um, so you're seeing the extermination events effects, you know, on a planet-wide scale, kind of. Um, and then you see... Nick Fury turns to the other agent and she starts turning into ash and he starts calling in uh, as you would think to what remnants are left of shield says, this is code red code red, you know, activate it all protocols, blah, blah, blah. And he goes to his bag in the back of the car, pulls out a little pager device, like some really messed up pager. Um, <laughs> very tweaked i'm assuming oh, for yeah. interstellar communication uh and presses the alert button on it and then as he's pressing it he starts seeing his hand fade and as just as he's about to fade away he goes <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> and i was like they did it they let him say motherfucker they let they, Samuel they Jackson. cut half of it, but uh, they let Samuel L. Jackson say motherfucker in a Marvel movie. <laughs> I loved it. Like mother, f- ooh. And then obviously the pager falls to the ground, and you see the logo of Captain Marvel pop up on it, setting up for the next Marvel. Well, after Ant Man, the next Marvel movie. Um, now this I saw coming like a mile away. Yeah, it was like the second that uh, I realized that we're seeing. Nick Fury in a car, like, I immediately knew, like, there's already been footage, like, connecting him to a Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, we already know he's in it. Yeah. So, like, once the pager beeped and, like, showed the, um, 
the very famous like red and blue with the star in the yeah. middle is like yep yep this is happening yeah so i thought that was an awesome scene i thought it was really cool um just to add a little bit more context to the world the effect on the world because we only saw kind of wakanda and then the group on titan but yeah. this like gave a full perspective i think it would have been even cooler if they kind of went out to like the ravager ship and they show like a few of the ravagers fading away you know yeah um, and, you know characters that we've seen in past adventures you know starting to fade away you know at least the ones that were left um right so yeah we have have some pretty huge ball busting <laughs> casualties in this movie um, Ooh, yeah. We ha- we have two people that are just completely out out of the action, and Ant Man and Hawkeye. Obviously, Valkyrie is out of action, but we assume that she was included in the deaths on the Asgardian ship. Yeah. Um, which kind of sucks because again, I really liked her character. Um, I think the one thing to take away from this movie is they, the Russo brothers, did not like Thor Ragnarok, and they did everything in their power to kind of eliminate everything that happened in Thor Ragnarok such as giving him an eye giving him an eye I'm just repeating oh yeah keep going giving him a hammer giving him a hammer taking away his Raiden powers taking away his Raiden powers apparently they weren't inside after all needed a Raiden hammer and last but not least for this movie they gave him his fucking cape back. And the cape has returned. Oh, my God. This is like the only thing left is his hair. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the only thing left. Hair is coming back in the next movie. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was overall the movie. I think it had a lot of weight and a lot of cool things. And I think it shit all over Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and, like threads were just left untouched in Thor Ragnarok. Valkyrie was forgotten about. Um, they completely contradict what they said at the end of a- Thor at Ragnarok, where Asgard isn't a place, it's the people. And then he literally says in the first 10 minutes of the movie, it was destroyed along with Asgard. I thought you were Asgard. Guess not. Yep. Nope. Because fuck, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Hulk <laughs> isn't working anymore, whereas in Thor Ragnarok, Hulk was the only thing working. Um, uh, right. <laughs> So, yeah, they basically took everything that happened in Thor Ragnarok and went, yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we don't nah, need fuck this. That. We don't need this. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. So overall, we both think it was pretty great. Um, let me go through my notes and see if there's any touchstones. We've gone through pretty much the whole movie now. Um, no show for Hawkeye and Ant-Man presumed because they're both in jail because they took plea deals to so that it would be easier on their families the final death count for the avengers spider-man's dead five guardians are dead including quill uh gamora drax uh groot um and mantis panther's dead big one uh scarlet witch is dead bucky is dead falcon is dead fury is dead Loki is dead, Vision is dead, and Doctor Strange is dead. Plus the Heimdall and stuff, you know. Yeah. All the auxiliary characters, assuming Valkyrie is also part of that group that's dead. Um, We assume Collector is dead, but I kind of suspect we'll see him again. Uh, Captain America is familiar with Wakanda and obviously uh, went there. Roll call for the survivors. 
Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Bruce Banner, Thor, Black Widow. Uh, Wait oh. a minute. <laughs> then all of the like original Avengers that started this shit. Except Hawkeye. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, that would have been the ballsiest move to kill at least one of them. Oh yeah. Like if you needed to just bring Hawkeye back and kill him. Is <laughs> 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 it that hard? Uh, but yeah, all but uh, one is confirmed alive. Um, War Machine is alive. Damn it. <laughs> I want Terrence Howard. Um, <laughs> you want him so bad. We assume Wong is alive, but because he's not given a death scene, but who knows? Maybe he's dead off camera like Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, we assume the sister of Black Panther is alive. The King Protector is alive. Uh, the Hillbilly. <laughs> oh Hillbilly Wakandan is alive. Um, and you kind of wonder if there's going to be kind of a fight for the throne now in the aftermath. It's possible. With the power vacuum there. Uh, Rocket is alive. Nebula is alive. Um, and we assume Captain Marvel is alive, although the Captain Marvel movie is supposed to be set in the 90s in a prequel. So, Right. Uh, big thing. Warlock is never addressed. Yeah. The Sovereign I've never seen in this movie, and neither is Warlock, which was emphasized at the end of Guardians 2, so that was pretty surprising. Yeah. How'd you it's feel really about that? It's really weird. Uh, it's, uh, I felt disappointed. I felt like, it, if anything, this is a character to introduce, at the very least, at the end of this movie. Yeah. As like a, oh, I thought yeah, maybe he'll... at worst, like after credits scene, maybe, but... He, yeah, I yeah. would have thought like not the, even mentioned. Like the way to introduce him would have been like an after credits thing, which would have been very reminiscent of the first Avengers movie. Yeah. So um that was a big surprise, especially since uh you in particular <laughs> Yeah were angry at fans for not thinking the Soul Stone was with him. Guess who's eating crow tonight? Son of a bitch! <laughs> but I also thought that too, so you're not alone. Uh, Thanos actually has a motivation I can enjoy and comprehend. His motivation in this movie being that he witnessed his civilization collapse uh, because of resource constraints and overpopulation. Um, and his solution was to kill half of the population of the rest of the Sentinel life to try to save the universe from itself and all Sentinel life from overextending itself. Again, convenient plot point when you could probably just use that same Infinity Stone with unlimited potential to just create enough resources and space for fucking everybody without murdering them all. But I digress. <laughs> Again, yeah. right in the backseat for a few things, but... It makes the movie really enjoyable if you can do that for the small, minor conveniences. Of course, as you emphasized, he's not called the Sane Titan. Right. This is the Mad Titan. So, assuming he's mentally ill, okay, it makes a little more sense. Um, big takeaway, Thanos wins. Um, I think we expected this to some kind of extent, but I don't think quite to this extent. Where right. not only does he win, but everything he wanted is achieved. Like, no, like he, he, nothing no, stops him. Nothing is spared. Everything he wanted was achieved. Like one person came close to killing him and still just didn't manage yeah. it. 
it, usually in these kind of setup movies, something happens where it's like, oh, there's hope, or maybe he got restrained a little bit. You know, maybe one of the stones got destroyed in time, you know, that sort of thing. Nope. They went full balls deep and uh, <laughs> put up the middle fingers to the audience and said, yeah. no, he won. And they don't even let you, like, see the results beyond the immediate action. And they just leave you with that immediate crushing impression, which is really cool and I think done really well. Um, Thor almost kills Thanos. So we know that Thor is OP as fuck and probably could have and should have killed Thanos, but uh, he messed up. Yep, he didn't aim high enough. Um... I mean, he probably still could have killed him if he just pulled up instead of in. But, <laughs> again, possi- yep. the possibilities were there. Um, or even electrocute him while the axe is in him. Then he can't fucking snap his fingers because he's being electrocuted like your little neck shocker thing. But we need a second movie. That we do. Second uh, movie. So Thanos wins. Thor almost kills Thanos, which is a pretty cool scene, I'll admit. Um, but definitely OP. Um Matt Damon is probably dead because uh, unless they found a way to send him back to Earth before the end of Ragnarok, he was on that uh, that uh, ship there being sent off into space. Probably dead. Matt Damon <laughs> met a terrible, terrible end off screen, most likely. <laughs> As did uh, Luke. Luke's, Luke Hemsworth, the, the person acting opposite... Matt Damon yep. in their uh, their stage play of Thor and Loki. Um, let's see here. Valkyrie probably dies off camera. You you pointed out that the character Sif may still be alive somewhere. I want to assume that she's still alive, but uh, <laughs> I thought she was killed in Thor Ragnarok. I thought she was in that throne or the gateway room, but I don't. Well, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Again, my gripes with the helmet. I think Thanos looks way better with the helmet on and the armor on. I think it hides the kind of unnatural CG and the sunlight a lot better. It, in space, it doesn't really, in dark environments, it doesn't really matter because you can hide a lot of things with shadows. But I think in the sunlight, it just made him stand out kind of harshly against the background. And I think a helmet would have solved that very easily. And, you know, he's going into these fights without his armor on. What's the point? Um, I thought maybe, you know, maybe Captain America would punch his helmet off and that would be the reason why he doesn't wear it, have the helmet on or something. Nope. He just, he has it when he wrecks Thor and the ship and then for some reason doesn't have it later. So I, I think it was probably just a difficulty of animation. There's like, oh, it's even more stuff for us to animate. We can't get it in time. Uh, that's what, that's what I kind of suspect. I mean, the suspicion for that is there, but I think this is a reflection of, his character in that he's about to fuck the universe. You you wouldn't want to do that like wearing all of your armor, would you? Yeah, I would because I'm about to fight every super powered being <laughs> that probably exists who is going to come and try to wreck my shit. That's retarded. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just saying. Don't you know when it. I when it's I dumb. when I'm about to have sex with don't, a lady, don't. I don't wear. He's not having sex with anybody. He's taking punches to the head and fucking rockets to the face. Okay, 
you have your metaphors. <sighs> I'm it's going not to- a metaphor. <laughs> it's a literal physical thing. <laughs> uh, uh, he didn't need it. He didn't need it. That was dumb. <laughs> uh, I think it was just because the studio wanted to save some money. That's all. Uh, they had to give. They had to give that huge cast some more money. Um, they they cut I, two people out and they still couldn't afford everybody. They they just didn't want to hide Josh Brolin's fake face. We get to see the Iron Spider suit, which is pretty cool. We basically see the Superior Iron Man suit in the form of nano machines, uh, which is basically how the Superior Iron Man works. He has that kind of liquid nano machine technology. Yeah, sans the symbiote from the comics. Um. Um, those are, those are all my major notes, and I think we touched on pretty much everything. There are problems with the movie. It's not a perfect movie. Um, but to be honest, I was enjoying myself so damn much, I didn't care. There was a lot of fun to be had with this movie. Uh, unlike Thor Ragnarok, unlike Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I was just too into this movie i was just too engrossed by everything that was happening by all the dialogue by all the character dynamics by all the team-ups um i just thought it was awesome i i if i had one like real major complaint it's that we never see the full avengers cast team up together right because iron man is on titan most of the guardians are on titan um dr strange obviously is on titan and then everybody else is on Earth. And we don't even see Hulk in the climax. I thought at least in the climax something would happen to Natasha and he would rage out there or something. We don't see Hulk except, you know, p- kind of passingly in the beginning where he gets his ass kicked. And really it's just kind of like in the corner of the screen uh, where Thanos just wrecks him a little bit and throws him into a wall or something, you know? Yeah. I so think that, this that is... bummed me out a little bit. Yeah, this is very... What's the word I'm looking for? That's just more evidence of this being a two-part film. Yeah. I kind of wonder if it was just like, again, CG budget constrictions. Like, we got to animate another giant monster thing that's going to be <laughs> jumping around, smashing everybody and everything. Like, we, this budget cannot handle this. You know, the, the, our like timeline we're... for this movie cannot handle this. And we're I... already paying for all of these major stars to yeah. be in this one movie. How yeah. can we possibly justify spending more money on another CG giant? No. To, to be fair, they're going to make their money back on this movie. If it doesn't, I would be fucking astounded. Because this movie shocked, is, is so... Least. Not only is it the culmination of 10 years of work that people are heavily invested in, but it's great. It's a great movie. Um, yes. Especially in the theater. And one that people are definitely going to see more than once. Yes. Which is where, like, that's where the money's at right now. How can you get them to see it again? So, um, great movie. <laughs> Just huge balls to do all the things they did between the... Uh, the, I've never seen Paul's this big. The <laughs> murder of so many characters um, that felt real. You know, it y- you kind of feel like in any movie where there's a fucking time stone, um, things are going to happen. Soul Stone too. You know, right? People are probably going to be brought back. I don't see how they won't be in one way, shape, or form. Like either they're going to be brought back or someone's going to succeed them. Yeah, but I sincerely hope. 
that they commit to at least some of them um, to to maintain that weight into the f- the final phase of this this series, you know, um, or that some of them <clears throat> and clear way for X Men. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it's like either stick to the deaths that you have, or in my opinion, I would say flip it for the next movie. Yeah, but um, the fight scenes were really awesome like i was afraid the cg it would the cg would throw me off and everything would just be like a you know gumby looking (laughs) cg fight character but it actually looked really good and worked out really cool i think dr strange was probably the coolest character and did some of the coolest things in the whole movie especially in the fight scenes like i loved all the stuff he was doing um yeah it, yeah, oh it was kind of giving me Green Lantern vibes almost. With a, uh, very the, creative, the imagination he was using to uh, <laughs> uh, assault these people. Um, I thought it was cool seeing that Gamora took down Thanos in this reality that he created. I thought it was cool hearing that Nebula had almost killed him. I like seeing that Thanos fucking drive the axe into his body at the <laughs> moment of his victory, almost <laughs> robbing him of his final victory in that last moment. Um, it illustrates that while he's an incredibly intimidating, powerful force to be reckoned with for sure, you can bring him down. If you, you got nothing else to add, I think we might as well wrap it up. Thumbs up from both of us. Yeah, uh, don't really have anything else to add. So uh, please go see this movie. If you l- listen to the spoilers, even though we told you not to, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm grateful to you for listening to our show. And I hope you'll stick around for future reviews and instructional videos and our weekly podcast here on Hit the Books on our YouTube channel, on our Stitcher, on our iTunes. Remember, you can find all the links to those things uh, on our website, HTB Vids, very conveniently. And they're always down in the about section of the Stitcher feed and the iTunes feed and the YouTube channel. So if you're looking for links to any of this stuff, you can always find it on the website or underneath the video or the the podcast. So feel free to browse down there. We also have the link to our Patreon page if you want to consider supporting independent content. Um, That's patreon.com forward slash hit the books, all one word, uh, spelled like you expect. Again, we're very grateful to anybody who wishes to contribute uh, and is able to contribute. Um, thank you very much. And since executive producer Will Beasley, who contributed at a very generous level that we do not expect across the board, but he, he was so kind to do so, I want to make sure he gets his proper thank you in addition to the four episodes of the podcast this much. That's right. So big thank you to Will Beasley our executive producer we are very very grateful to you and that was a very very generous contribution to uh our channel that helped us keep the mics on through this month and into the next month obviously uh and helped us grow a few things so hopefully you'll see the benefits of that before too long um all right you can always reach out to us please let us know what you thought of the movie did you think we forgot about anything really important or critical did you notice any easter eggs that we didn't mention or see um do you think there was some subplots maybe we didn't notice and that maybe we mm. can notice our second or third viewings um please comment down underneath the the youtube channel please comment uh, to our Twitter account at htbvids on our Facebook at forward slash hit the books again facebook.com forward slash hit the books take you right there um, 
and even on our Patreon. You can comment on our Patreon page if you so choose. It's pretty convenient. And um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns for us uh, regarding anything, including uh, potential questions for the shows or topics or uh, business interests or anything like that, you can always email us at our email at hitthebooksvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. I'll post it here on the YouTube channel for you to see visually. And, of course, the, all these things are listed. Uh, be sure to check out our website where we have our lists of all the comics of the week and variants of the week and uh, links to all our channels and our contact us page in case you want to reach out to us and uh, plenty of other good content. Uh, man, I can't believe it's been 10 years and we're finally here. We finally got to Infinity War. And we're it, not done. It's incredible to me. It really is. It's such <laughs> yeah. an incredible feat. I think Marvel need, Studios needs to be commended. Disney, for when they came in around the first Avengers movie, needs to be commended. They created not only uh, a wonderful legacy and a, a, a high standard that has been consistently upheld, uh, even when they dipped down a little bit, the floor was pretty high. So... Um, all the creators there, the writers, the directors, the actors, everybody needs to be commended for their work. Um, everybody has done a wonderful job, and it's it's almost tear-jerking to come to this point where we're so close to the actual end, you know? Um, yeah. And um, this movie, it, it bore that out appropriately, I think, and um, I, couldn't, I couldn't ask for something better, um, especially from... A universe I typically avoid <laughs> uh, outside of the movies here. So, um, very impressed. Uh, yeah. Nothing but positive things to say. Uh, again, minor gripes, but can you really ask for more with such a huge cast and such a wide scope of storytelling? Like, it's just, it's another standard that I don't think will ever, ever be touched again at least not for years to come i have hope in the x-men <laughs> all right so i want to thank you all once again for sticking with us through this review process i hope you didn't stick around for the spoilers i hope you saw the movie and then came in to hear our thoughts on everything and join in the discussion uh again thank you to the community uh each and every one of you really does help us out and uh We'd really like to hear more from you. Uh, yeah. we, we see all the statistics. We know you're listening. We know you're watching. And it would be really nice to hear some more uh, feedback from you guys. What we could do better. What you'd like to see more of. Uh, what guests you might want us to have on the show and pursue. Uh, we're, we're working on a few right now. Uh, any kind of instructional videos you really desire. I have a few up there and I have a few ideas for more. But I don't know what would be like the most useful to everybody. So um, please... Send us some feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Oh, and yeah. Go see this movie again. Why not? We all should. I, I guarantee you didn't hear every line. I didn't. At least go back one more time. Just one. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you very much. We will see you on the next episode of Hit the Books Podcast and on the next review. So, see you next time. Ah, <laughs>